We're back. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I, I'm, you know. Uh, by the way, just so you know, if you ever wondered what's living in New York City like? Sorry. Here we go. If you ever wonder what's living in New York City like? Uh, so I'm currently in a studio, studio apartment, I guess is the necessary... Um, uh, but so I'm in a studio, uh, JJ, I'm going to hit JJ up. We'll see where JJ is. We're not taking any more calls though right now. Uh, we got to get back to, to listening, but I'm in a studio apartment. It's fucking maybe one of the coldest days of the year. The heat's not working. No heat. I can't express how expensive this studio is for what it is. It's our studio that we do the boys cast at and we share it with our, our friends, but there's, it's a, there's, where the fuck is the heat? It's how, like these buildings in New York city, you pay these absurd amounts of money for these things and there's just like no heat and you can't control it like i can't turn on the heat the heat in the building's just off for some reason like it's they they can't be powered anymore it's fucking mental but there's no heat so uh whatever who cares i'm just gonna freeze my ass off in this studio okay the poll update rusty smackleford is up by one percent Corey, Corey, this is the new eric no, Corey doesn't want to call in. Oh, maybe this is Corey, actually. I have a phone call. We'll see if this is Corey. Hello? Oh, hey. No, it's the wrong person. You can hang up and get Corey back on. No, that's fine. No, it's going. What's up? What's up? I was just seeing. I, uh, um, going? Well, I, I don't know. I would say that I don't think improv is the best way to go. No, improv, was, improv stinks. I heard that. I remember doing fucking... You see, I grew up in the South, and it was really terrible. And they had theater class. And I remember those fucking people. They were all weird. And fat, and they dress weird, and they yeah. were all trying to fuck no, each other. Stinks. So it was really weird. Yeah, yeah, improv stinks. Yeah, and uh, I think your written stuff, like when it comes to like actual comedy, like I think you have like a real subtle, like that subtle edge kind of comedy that's really missing nowadays. So I think that's what's needed. So definitely not the improv, but yeah, that kind I'm, of like cutting blade type shit you do, yeah. where you're like you're you're watching it, and it's like you get stabbed real quick. You're like, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> well, thank you. I will not be doing. Yeah, I, would say I will not be doing improv. I will not. Yeah, I mean, I just the fact that I would have to say I'm doing improv is enough to keep me away from improv. It is funny that you have to actually make that like an actual verbal statement of like, I'm yeah. not doing improv. No, I'm not doing improv. Call and him Ockery, Wayne Brady, great at improv. Not doing it, though. You're totally different than that because, you know, when it comes to Colin Ockery and them and doing that bullshit, there's something real missing in that. Yeah, and you I, know mean, what I mean, like the thing they're doing is funny. I just don't want to do that. And I'm not I'm not as good as like, Colin Ockery legitimately. But I think that whole like the goat no cap feel that feel good TV shit has run its course. Like you know, it's had twenty, thirty years of it. It's like people really genuinely crave like a real feeling yeah. of like they want to feel they want that feel bad is. shit. Like and it's genuinely true because and uh it's like uh, the way you can skirt a line is pretty damn awesome. You know what I mean? When you get that close to it, yeah. Like me, I just blurt it straight out. But that's what gives you the beauty of being like an actual comic. You skirt the line, whereas I blurt it out, right? I guess. Yeah. So it's like. Th- there's three places. There's the people like me that are like, oh, fuck that ugly fat bitch. And then there's you <laughs> in the middle. And then there's like, the people oh, that are like, oh, look at that queen. I love her. Exactly. Uh, They're like, oh, look at that brave hero. And then I'm like, oh, look at that gross fat bitch with her butt crack sticking out. <laughs> no, that that's not. Head. No, brave hero. Okay, I got to go. We got to get back to the show. Appreciate right, buddy, it. My bad. No, no, no. It's all uh, good. All good. All I good. love you so much. Uh, you're, you're making this the greatest Christmas ever. Hell yeah, I, I dude. Really greatest that. Christmas I've ever had. Merry Christmas to everybody who's watching. Take care. Yeah. Okay, let's get back into this shit. Uh, yeah, the, just the heat. I have no fucking heat 
in a New York. It's Manhattan. Where's the heat? Why is there no heat? Who cares? Who cares? All right. 37 lies you were told about men. Part two. Just 37? There seems to be way more lies than 37. Uh, It's 3.09 right now. Eastern time. We're going to end. We're just going to say four. I'm trying to think. After this episode. uh, Maybe not. We'll see. I'm going to run this poll till at least four o'clock. Maybe a little later. Um, All right. 37 lies you were taught about men. Part two with the Queens. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Uh, We have a new podcast to recommend for you. It's true. Spotify. FDS Patreon. No. So if you'd like. I'm going to message JJ. Should we get JJ in here? All this and more. Visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. Welcome back to part two of 37 Lies You Were Taught About Men. Last week, we talked about the first 12 of these, and now we're going to be doing the next 12. So number 13. Oh, wait, this is a a three-parter plus one, because 37 is not divisible perfectly by three. And womanizer, so it's better to focus on nerdy shy guys. This just feeds into further negative stereotypes about attractive men. And again, these sorts of narratives only serve really insecure men. They're trying to pretend just like how women do this, they just assume the pretty girl's a bitch, you know? Yeah, exactly. And they've got no substance and they're just shallow and they're not really worth dealing with, and it's absolutely not true. This is men yeah. being catty. <laughs> Yeah, and women are catty in this way as well. But I find that men make up so many stereotypes. Oh, uh, I was, you know what? You know, it's funny. I, I think I'm just like, and but I was like, why are they speaking so slow? In a way that I guess like women don't really do as much anymore. I, put I don't feel up. any hostility towards attractive women. Um, but yeah, a lot of unattractive guys I feel have this hostility towards more attractive men. Yeah, it also just sets up this false binary, and I see this all the time where men seem especially unattractive men they seem to think that like oh if i was a chad or if only i was attractive uh then you know i would get all the girls and i could be an asshole and it's like they're not even just fantasizing about they're not fantasizing about being an asshole a lot of women without having to treat them with respect it's important to understand like a lot of these nerdy shy guys that's their attitude and they're not necessarily going to treat you better uh just because you give them attention and not the attractive guy yes, they will. they'll treat you like the queens that you are they're gonna call an offensive foul as you call it goes back to um, where men aren't learning their misogyny from interactions with women necessarily they're learning it from the culture so and from other men and from other men so ugly men and attractive men they can all be influenced by the culture equally it's just you know did they come from the type of family or environment that was countercultural and taught them good values about how to interact with women and that can happen that can happen to anybody that's, that's not distributed by attractiveness the way that guys uh for some reason assume it does the other reason i think men perpetuate this myth is because they want to feel like women who get quote-unquote pumped and dumped or abused or treated badly pumped deserve it because they're dating the hot guys quote-unquote rather than them or the guys that are um, less attractive and it's like they want to punish women for having sex with men we find attractive which yeah. is like which is misogynist right it's one thing to say it's a male revenge fantasy unfortunately it's not just like a men's hotness that uh, attracts a woman to an abusive situation the way that a lot of these sure women have nerds seem to think fantasy. like oh he, she just likes him because he's hot and a jerk where it could just be that woman's particular like low self-esteem i'm not watching ice hockey naomi because there is no ice hockey today i have the mavericks versus the lakers on in my periphery. and then obviously cultural messages that we get that contribute to women um being susceptible to being manipulated by men but they just want to create that narrative because it benefits them to believe that i used to think like oh um if i date an unattractive man he's going to 
appreciate me that much more uh, because he's getting attention from me. And I find this to be not true at all. Uh, I find, for example, the nerdy shy guys, they were the most <laughs> negative about the fact that I'm into weightlifting, for example. They, they would be just really negative. Lilith is into weightlifting. We're learning so much about the queens the longer we go. Lilith about, is a weightlifter. You know, lifting heavy. Oh, you're, if you keep doing that, you're going to look like a man. Oh, I just don't think this is attractive, whatever. You know what demographic of men are the most supportive of me weightlifting and going to the gym? Attractive fit men right like those are the guys who don't have a problem with it they're the ones who are like yeah girl like you lift heavy you deadlift you squat like they they look at that and they think they go like nice like they have that kind of nod of respect the ones who have the biggest problem with it are the nerdy shy guys so yeah like a lot of nerdy shy guys will be extra mean and be extra shitty to you just to Im improve their own sense of masculinity or to compensate for their lack of masculinity 14 women are naturally monogamous only men need variety. wait so she works out and she's still suffering from this uh what was it medical misogyny See? False. Too bad. This is another one of those like pseudoscientific Evo psych myths that keeps uh, perpetuating itself where it's like, well, I mean, the, the entire field of Evo psych is so heavily uh, susceptible to being manipulative to whoever's narrative or whoever's. By the way, 268 votes. We are tied. Dead heat. It's 36 36. And Corey Holder is making a slight comeback. Can we get Corey? Can Corey, not can we, because I have no skin in the game, Goob, but can Corey get into the 30s? We'll see. Uh, Corey, why haven't you called in? Do you have nothing to say? You could really make a case for yourself that could kind of push you in the lead. There's agenda it wants to serve, but for a long time, this was so-called like common knowledge that women, uh, they need to secure a mate and lock down a guy because... Um, to get his resources. To get his resources and because like having a child is, uh, is a heavy burden that falls on the woman. So then women are... Uh, it's, men aren't really monogamous. It's women that are forcing them to be monogamous. Um, and then like women are the only ones that are monogamous. And that's just the more that uh, a lot of uh, people have studied humanity. That's not completely true. There's a lot of evidence, for example, that monogamy was pushed by men because of the fact that uh, things like polygamy or... Um, or even like a polyamory tended to benefit the men at the top of the quote unquote hierarchy. So they figured out that monogamy was a better way to create a more stable society because the men at the bottom who didn't have access to women are prone to commit violence, so to speak. So monogamy has become the preferred uh, preferred way to organize ourselves over time because of the fact that like a lot of single men, a single sexless men are a problem for society. Yeah, I want to point out the sort of reversal here. Like monogamy is something that men pushed onto women. They didn't hold themselves to that standard, by the way. Like high status men expected women to be monogamous and only have Wait, them. Wait, men pushed on. monogamy on women? I feel like it's the other way. Fucking around. I Am I missing something? Am I getting too drunk? What? I think it's very interesting <clears throat> that they're making it seem like, oh, women just, women want this arrangement. Like, I, and I hear this in the Red Pill all the time when uh, guys say, like, sushi guys often say, like, oh, women would much rather share a high value man. Uh, and, you know, men, you know, they want to be promiscuous and so on. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to share a man. We want a man who is high value and we want him all to ourselves. And it's not true that we don't ever want to have sex with someone else just to do it. Like, it seems, once again, male cope to think, oh, my wife never fantasizes about anybody else but me. You know? Yeah, we definitely do. We definitely fantasize about other men. I <laughs> just want, just want guys to know that. Uh, but men don't need variety, okay? They think they're entitled to variety. But they don't need it. Yeah, it's not a need. It's a, a want at best, but it's definitely not a need. It's an entitled want as well. Like, there are plenty of men who are happy just, you know, with admiring the, you know, the one woman that they've got. They don't, they don't, they don't feel the need to rub a neck other women. So yeah. don't, don't accept that behavior and think it's normal because it's not, it's not yeah. normal behavior. It's not. Also, yeah, a lot of women also like variety. Yeah, I don't like this framing that women don't like variety because women like variety too. Okay, but we just choose. Women be hoes. Women who choose to be monogamous is a choice, right? It's something that we choose to do. And if we can choose that, men can too. Yeah, yeah, and men do choose exactly, that. especially when it's so much easier for women to get um, into you know into multiple men than it is the other way around. You see this mm -hmm. all the time with the poly subs, where uh, you know they want to go poly and the women's getting all the dates and the man's getting nothing. So if any if, if anyone who should Savannah's really into some freaky shit. She she kind of lets these little hints drop. Have more variety. It's actually women because you know generally speaking we do have more options than you know the men do. Exactly. And it's really difficult to get your needs met by one man as well. So having a male harem who could do individual tasks would be really nice. 
Yeah, especially with so many men, you know, they, they might have a strength in one area, but maybe weak in others. So, you know, sometimes you got to string a few quarters together to get a dollar, you know, just saying. That's what the scrotation is for, right, ladies? So if you want all your needs met, you might have to have several men in your life to meet each of those needs. Uh, number 15, no man is perfect. You have to work hard to help him reach his potential. I find it very funny, actually, how... All men are perfect. They're all perfect kings. Men expect women to, oh, find a guy who's shitty and then build with him. Men never do that, right? Like, how many guys, <laughs> right. you know, how many guys, like, go to the gym, find an overweight woman and go, oh, you know, I'm going to find a girl who's at the beginning of her weight loss journey and then build with her. And, like, you know, we're going to, I'm going to help her reach her goals. No. Men, like, men don't have this lie where they're like, oh, women wait at the finish line and choose the most successful man or whatever, as if men don't also do that. Like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to build him up. You're going to raise his career. He's going to get successful. And then he's going to dump you because you were his starter wife and he's going to go on to someone else. There's nothing wrong with waiting the finish line, ladies, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like in this respect, unless you have some kind of joint ownership and meaning like you are married and you have a joint investment, like don't don't make yourself into like free labor for him. He hasn't actually committed to you in a real way. And it's one thing to be like, OK, we're going to start a business together. But it's another thing where it's like you're working on his character flies or I feel like this more often applies to people feeling like you have to work with him on his character flies rather than a shared goal. A shared goal is one thing having to uh, teach men basic manners, how to take care of themselves, how to you work around the house a lot of the things that women identify as like yeah women are a, a lopsided emotional labor it's really unfair to yourself to just sign yourself up for a relationship where the man does that because if you're with him a man's going to assume that you accept him the way that he is and he's going to get resentful if uh, he feels like you're trying to change him in the relationship and that's why you know they're calling him a nag it is a complete myth that a man will change for the right woman or so on um lenny bancroft writes in his book why does he do that that uh leaving abusive men can actually be a force for change uh because if you're with a man and we're talking about character flaws for example yeah if, i love lundy bancroft if you continue to be in a relationship with him he's not going to think that he needs to change and a lot of these times like these women are working on on the man's you know character flaws and like building him up on his own like a woman will say for example you know my partner doesn't wash himself how can i help him wash and then okay shut up with this there's no way that guys, guys washing. basically teach him how to wash but the guy himself he's not interested in changing that so that's another thing as well is that you can't you can't guys aren't interested in not washing but for them and i feel like this particular lie is basically getting women to actually do the labor for them even when the guy himself is not interested in improving himself yeah. and also like the most important aspect is as well is that once he does or if he does eventually level up he will leave you behind because like men also look down on women mm -hmm. who part with their bullshit they don't respect them yeah that's true. They actively look down on them as well. So if you're with a guy when he's broke and, you know, down on his luck, you might be thinking, you know, we're in this together, babe. Like, you know, we're taking on the world. But he doesn't see it that way. He sees you as a loser and a sucker for sticking around with him. Yeah, that's, that's not true. Not true. He makes it. That he, is so you know, cynical. That is not true. To another woman who doesn't remind him of the fact that he used to be a broke bum. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even just you. It's just like the phase in his life that you represent. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, you, I mean, I've had that too, where you're like, you've had a friendship group and then you realize I'm growing out of this friendship group and um being around those people remind you of maybe like a negative part in your life like you might just want to separate yourself for that reason and that's that just really sucks if that's your spouse and you have children right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but also just understand that despite all the cultural messaging of men saying oh a good woman will you know take on a project and help him improve and reach his full potential and stuff like that despite all that cultural messaging the reality is once you're actually in a relationship with a guy like that while he might appreciate all of your labor and all of the attention that you give him uh, he doesn't respect you for it he sees you as a sucker he thinks you have bad judgment he's not um, to you so as yeah, a sucker oh like and is... it might it might actually it's, it's insane that this is like what they actually belief your it's... sexual attraction to him too because i know a lot of women get tired of being in that mommy mcbang made role right yeah. and it's like a lot of women they're just not sexually attracted to men who are childlike childlike and not living up to their potential on their own right it's just like if you have to constantly like babysit him and like mommy him to do the things he's supposed to do it makes you less likely to look at him as a sexual partner probably yeah. number 16 don't take it personally if a man doesn't oh want God. to add you to his social media us. some guys just like privacy no, if he's doing this, he's either married or has a girlfriend and doesn't want you to know that he's a cheater. Yeah, if he has any social media, if he has he no won't social media, add you to social media. media, and I've become one of those people. That's one thing. Um, but anybody that has a social media and hides you is immediately suspect.
Yeah. What if he's hiding accounts from you as well? Like, I know some some users have said things like, oh, he said he has Instagram, but his dog has an Instagram. And when I, you know, <laughs> who the dog was following, they were following Instagram models. So they can also hide it that way. They can just like hide it <laughs> under like um, an innocent account, like a dog account as well. Um, if you do have social media, you should be fully, he should be fully transparent about that and not just, you know, trying to, to get around it by <laughs> by putting his account's name under his dog, for example. So so watch out for that. <laughs> yeah, you go like, I don't know. Social social Finsta, where people have like is. a secret Instagram that's like a oh, just an alpha that they used to follow Instagram model. Like a lot of guys will do yeah. this where they'll have their main account and be like, babe, look, oh. I don't, yeah, they'll be like, babe, look, I don't follow any Instagram models, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll switch over to his alt where he follows all the porn accounts. Yeah. There's a lot of guys like that. Oh my gosh. But this is oh my gosh. the question when you like begin to, to vet a guy, you sort of have to be quite or seemingly laid back when you're asking him questions. So like, don't make it known that you find Seeming, it Seemingly laid back. I'm not actually laid back, but I'd like to appear. If somebody follows Instagram models, because they will just lie to you. You just have yeah. to sort of you just have to sort of ask them with a straight face about their social media accounts. And then if you see something unsavory, then just move on yeah just like bounce and block and delete i actually find that I'm it's sometimes a fun delete. strategy uh to like pretend like i'm okay with that stuff and most of the coomers will just straight up admit like if you act like you're fine with porn all the porn guys will be like oh thank god and, like immediately spill all their secrets <laughs> yeah that's the thing like you know when women ask on the subreddit you know how can i find out if a guy watches porn it's very easy just ask him and pretend that you don't have a problem with it and they will yeah. all tell you yeah just ask men oh tell me about your kinks like you know i'll even sometimes pull the line or, or tell me what porn do you watch they will yeah. happily they will happily tell you yeah and if the guy the, the best answers i've ever gotten from guys are when they kind of like look at me a little funny and go like i don't watch that stuff or like i'm not into that or like you, you know so if they think you're weird for asking it and then you go like i'm just kidding like you know kind of thing and then walk it back but yeah that's how that, that would be like the correct answer um within reason about the social media thing because there have been a few people that felt like oh before they're really in an official relationship they want to be on a sky social media like obviously we're talking about if you guys have committed to each other and he doesn't want you on a social media that's a red flag but yeah we're talking about an actual relationship and if he doesn't want to post pictures of him with you it means he's talking to other women online and he doesn't want them to think he's taken yep number 17 a lot of good true. men are intimidated by a successful woman, so you should always make sure to downplay your accomplishments. I mean, I don't downplay my accomplishments, no. but I'm not excessively That's not true either. either. In fact, sometimes I like to allow a man to underestimate me because if he thinks that I'm like lower status or something like that and he ends up being a dickhead, that says a lot about his character. Whereas those same men, if they think, uh, oh, she's the sort of woman who wouldn't put up with that, then they'll maybe hold their tongue for a bit until later when the mask slips. So, I mean, be a successful woman. Like, don't like be an underachiever just to not intimidate men. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to connect with a, a person based on their shared values. And if you value your accomplishments, then hopefully you find a person who values that as well. Yeah. Or at least values the work it took for you to do those things or values the fact that these things are important to you. It doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, let, let's say, for example, you decide to change careers and like you were a big time person in your first career and you do a second career. There are some guys that are gold diggers and like, so they like the women that are actually accomplished. And guys are gold diggers. Oh. Um, become a butterfly catcher i don't know uh become <laughs> a trainer. I don't know. <laughs> olympic <laughs> olympic answer trainer can you imagine that's olympic sport <laughs> hamster dressage oh, yeah. <laughs> like you know dressage with horses imagine doing that fast. what <laughs> hamster dressage <laughs> okay i don't know what right. like, i don't even know like what that. they're it's talking about like, 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 update on the poll uh 36 36 it's tied hinkle mccrinkleberry rusty smackleford Corey holder is struggling to crack the 30 percent mark but he's right enough. on the cusp. And the things that you value, an accomplishment can, can show your level of dedication and focus on a particular subject. So never downplay those things if, it, if you're the type of person that really values that. Yeah, also I want to say the sort of men who are intimidated by successful women, that's like a red fucking flag because those men are usually like low value or jealous or, you know, in other ways need to feel like the woman is beneath him in order for him to feel good about himself. But at the same yeah, time, exactly. just because... I mean, I think it's awesome when a woman is very accomplished. I don't, I don't think that's anything to be hiding from if you're a woman or 
against if you're a dude. Like successful women, that's also not automatically a green flag because yeah, like Rose said, some men can be gold diggers. Some men like the idea of taking a successful woman and like men are not gold diggers. Taking her down. So I mean, can, I'm sure there are some. But feels like he's caught a bigger on. fish. So come on, on. like just be yourself. <laughs> this feels like that old school advice that was prominent um, as a reaction to feminism and the idea that women that were career focused were like ball busting non-traditional horrible wives and mothers so then a lot of women felt like they had to downplay these things in order to still upplay their domestic skills but i feel like we're hurtling towards an era where women can be integrated people right to yeah. be you know the, your accomplishments doesn't you know it's not doesn't define you necessarily but it can show people the things that you value mm -hmm. uh, number 18 focusing on your education over your relationship is stupid because your degrees won't keep you warm at night <laughs> yeah i guess what my degree also won't walk up and cheat on me or leave me one day either what Actually, it's such a lie that it doesn't because if your degree gets you a job that helps you pay the bills then yeah it does keep you warm at night so yeah, my, yeah. literally me paying my electricity bill is keeping me warm at night so <laughs> because this particular lie that is sort of like the race to the bottom for women in terms of that you know to attract a man we just have to you know to make ourselves um just a lot smaller when you know like we've just previously said if it's a good man he will want to see you grow he'll want to see you develop um, this whole entire lie that the man is like to push out that you know men don't care about your degrees it's it's complete horse i mean firstly even though low value i mean they don't care specifically about your degrees but like might not care about your um like education um a lot of people in sectors actually do and you know places that guys just like women doing shit you just want you to be doing something will actually materially benefit women they do care a lot about education um and so these people that are telling you that oh your education or like your career won't keep you warm at night they just have a vested interest in in trying to make women as dependent as possible on them and their approval yeah that's only said by men who couldn't do what you did right because at the end of the day we talk about we've talked about how for the most part people tend to marry within their educational and social class exactly exactly so the guys who are throwing rocks outside of your castle they're peasants right? so... <laughs> and, and and also and also as we've also discussed as well like you know men aren't going to college and graduating as much anymore like women are outpacing them in that department as well shout so, out to the queens for outpacing the men so there's also that panic that oh my gosh like women are actually leveling back up like how can i sort of you know bring them down a peg as well um you, you know there's also gender demographics when it comes to getting good education as well so bear that in mind yeah i also want to zero in on the fact that this myth it's not necessarily even just a manosphere myth this is something that exists in a lot of like patriarchal or you know traditional cultures where uh educating women is not seen as valuable because oh you know she's just gonna like you know be a housewife or have kids and so on and so there's no point in educating women if they're not going to use that for their career it's like female education is literally just not valued um in a lot of parts of the world and it's very silly because educated yeah, women create educated children you know this idea that um education and having children are mutually exclusive is very silly you don't have to choose between the two you can have both in fact it's better to have both yeah and female education in some societies has become a marker of like aristocracy right yeah so again it just seems like men who couldn't either cut it or hack it are just trying to take pot shots at women who they i mean i feel like they're not talking about men in like you know these third world countries like they're talking about in america and nobody is against women getting educated to probably be above them on the economic and social ladder mm -hmm. and just saying that like well those things don't this matter because you won't be a man speed. like me which of course this you don't is one and a half speed women that would say that i'm adapting like them yeah <laughs> exactly next so 19 most guys know their girlfriend has a sexual past so it's okay to discuss it with him in a relationship this is controversial no yeah <laughs> this is one of our more controversial pieces of advice it's none of his business <laughs> it's none of his business and then the problem becomes and this is i don't know that there's a single man that would be able to whose ego would be able to withstand the idea that you might have done something sexually with someone else that you didn't do with him mm -hmm. this advice was inspired by the fact that there are so many uh, stories especially on reddit but in general where women will talk about having explored their sexuality in some way in the past and then figuring out it wasn't for them and then they talk about it with their new man and their man feels like emasculated or feels like um that this person's not willing to open up in the same way if they're not willing to give themselves sexually in the same way and there's a pretty infamous reddit story to that effect where 
um, it's it, so trigger warning because it's actually really it was a trigger warning. Right. Sad, like board, sad, but borderline rape to be honest. Um, where a woman was talking about the fact that she had anal sex, you know, in college with a boyfriend, really didn't like it, but did at a time when she was, had a lower self esteem in her life. And then a friend of me blurts out at a, a party with her new boyfriend about this, about her like having anal sex all the time. And then her new boyfriend would not let it go because she never let him do it. And so then she starts to feel like she's upset because she doesn't like it and she says like you know i was kind of traumatized by this i don't want to do it and then um she finally agrees to it he's like unnecessarily rough almost like contemptuous of her and then they break up anyways yeah right so it's like it's just if her friend had never blurted that thing out it never would have become yeah friend he probably had a, a wave of red flags besides that but you would never want to put yourself in a position where you are going to feel pressured by a partner to have sex that not willing to have anymore and it's one of those things where in a perfect world more men would be able to accept the fact that you've experimented in the past and it's just not for you. But it seems to me that the majority of men are not able to handle that information and it might be dangerous for you to disclose it. Yeah. Even when I was in like yeah. the kink community, uh, equal sexual preferences can Can't believe Savannah was in the kink community. Um, just because you did something, you know, with a previous partner doesn't mean that you want to do it again. And, you know, vice versa. Just because you didn't do something with a previous partner, that doesn't mean that you want to be open to it. But a lot of men, they like that sort of nuance. So if you tell them, oh, I was into this, 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 and that, or, you know, these are my kinks, then they expect you to do that. Um, well, are they your kinks or not? That know. being said, however, you know, you know, I've also often said, this is where, for me, another double standard comes in, in the sense that, uh, me personally, I will always ask about a man's sexual history because I found that it's really telling of how he views women. Um, his attitude towards sex can be really revealing into the way, you know, firstly, the way he treats women. So if he just sees them as, you know, disposable sex toys um, and also to see if our attitudes towards sex actually align. I mean, here's the problem, though. Not a common problem, but there's some women who want to be disposable sex toys. Um, because personally, I'm not interested in marrying a community dick. But funnily enough, like when I've asked um, about a guy's sexual history, they've never thought to ask me about mine in return. Again, they just happily just tell you if you just act quite, if you act quite laid back and open and just be like, so tell me, you know, about you know when you did this, they will just happily tell you. So yeah, men love bragging about their sexual conquests. So <laughs> they love honestly, they they love bragging about their sexual conquests, and they've never asked me the um, the same questions in return. So yeah. Also, having a double standard in this area is completely morally justified, in my view. And by double standard, I mean, I want to know about his sexual past, but I don't want to have to disclose mine. And the reason for that is because we live in a society that holds women to a double standard. There and are so double we standards, obviously. we want to protect obviously. ourselves against this, sorts of, this sort of thing, we need to have our, like, a counter double standard, so to speak, right? I don't think it's fair to expect women to disclose everything when, you know, women are devalued because, uh, if you know, if we've had sex in a way that men aren't, for example. And I know that a lot of, you know, it's been suggested on the subreddit. I've seen some comments saying stuff like, oh, you know... Uh, you should disclose your sexual past because the kind of guy who would have a problem with that is not the sort of man you want to date anyway. So it's a good betting strategy. Like blurt everything out on the first date, and if he has a problem with it, then next him. Kind first of date. And I think that's a bad strategy. First date. For a variety of reasons. What kind of advice is that? Tell them everything on the first one because um, some abusive or shitty men won't react in the moment. Like they'll take that information in, they'll mull it over a bit, and then you won't. They, you won't get an immediate reaction out of them. They'll react much later mm -hmm. in a way that you're maybe not expecting or in a way that's more harmful. So that's that's it. That's one reason. You don't want shitty or abusive men to get that information. Yeah, the other thing is the sort of men who want to know that information, who like really drill you for that, that's a red flag. So I probably wouldn't want... Like the sort of men who feel like they need to know that information because they think, oh, it's going to determine if I see you as a marriage material, probably wouldn't want to have a relationship with that sort of man anyways. Find out a different way that he's like that because it's just it's too personalized if a guy's rejecting you because you're going to feel bad too, right? I'd rather like find out he has red flags in other ways than to share some like personal information and then have to experience the pain of that rejection. Right, because you shared something vulnerable. What I'm saying is, in my personal experience, like actual decent men, high value men, don't drill those kind. Of, like they don't ask you those kinds of personal questions. Yeah, they've never asked me th those questions. I mean, I've asked them, but they've never asked me. Yeah, like they won't demand to know that. A high value man won't demand to know that information. But if you volunteer that information, he might be a little hurt from it. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, retroactive yeah. jealousy is a massive thing, um, and I think like more people need to be aware of Retro that. Yeah, right. yeah. Number twenty, having sex without a condom is more intimate and means he trusts you. Oh my god! What? Oh my god! Where do we even Where start? Do we start? <laughs> who who so is? Who is? 
purporting these lies that the guy trusts you because he doesn't want to wear a condom? No, he just well, sucks to wear. Anyone. Like, if you go over to... Anyone. If you ask a sex worker, right, how many requests they get, like, for bareback, they will tell you they get so, so many. A man going bareback is... And also, I think it's... It, it's also if that is his like first line of defense or you know condoms don't uh, feel good let's go bareback that is a big big red flag that he doesn't give a fuck about your safety because ultimately it isn't even just about stis and stds like which if somebody is willing to go bareback with you then they're willing to go bareback with other people especially if you've only recently started dating them and they don't think to be safe and use condoms not a prostitute guy but the idea of barebacking with a prostitute seems fucking insane but also it's also the fact that that these guys often have a very, very blasé approach to the fact that if you're having sex with a woman of childbearing age without a condom, there's a high chance that condom? you can get her pregnant. And then they always do the shocked Pikachu face when, when nature works as it's... Shocked Pikachu face again, huh? <laughs> um, when, for example, nature works the way it was intended to and the woman gets pregnant and they're now on the hook for child support. So either way, these men are garbage. If condoms don't feel good for him, it's his responsibility, you know, to find a brand or a set that does work for him. Um, it's or a- invent a new, uh, like, plastic or latex or something that is feels better than the current option complete lie that all condoms will batch men and if it does like if all of them feel shit to him to be honest that's not really worth compromising your safety or the risk of pregnancy over anyway yeah everyone who every guy who claims that they can't wear condoms because they can't orgasm they're a liar and like anything that anything along those lines oh, that like- first off that's uh, not a lie any guy will be like yeah i don't know it depends on the situation but uh, liar or they're porn sick and anything along those lines suggests that they haven't you know actually gone to the store and tried on different condoms etc so just flat out ignore well it. they kind of frown upon you when you try them on in the aisle man that tries to claim that he can't wear a condom for x reason um, even if it's like latex allergies maybe the only one but even so there are other types of condoms with different that don't have latex yeah yeah don't have latex so yeah and especially uh there's a lot of guys out here that have no problem having multiple baby mamas yeah. and from talking to uh, a lot of older women there's there's always been a perception in society that pregnancy is a woman's problem so a lot of men still operate as if like if you get pregnant that's your problem and also they'll point to the fact that there's abortion out there so they'll just look at it like it's your problem they don't want to have to involve themselves in the aspect of birth control in any way and they've never been pressured or put on society or put anything on them to be responsible for their own birth control it's always been something that's been the issue for of women to solve yeah because men don't face the consequences of pregnancy right they have no incentive yeah. to give a shit it's about that the if deal. they don't feel the pain it's kind of, of the deal. And childbirth and so that's why women need to because we are the ones who face the consequences that's why we are the ones who have to be cognizant of it but also in this line like having sex without a condom is more in- <laughs> oh excuse me this show is fucking exhausting i don't know what i was thinking doing this all day fds marathon shout out to everybody's watching make sure to like the stream subscribe if you have not though you have to comment um 36 percent for rusty smackleford oh shit Corey holder popped into 30 mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 50% range. It's getting tight. It's getting real tight. 30% for Corey Holder, 35. Hinkle McCrinkleberry, 36. 
uh, which adds up to 101 uh, based on my math. Oh, now it's 35, 34, 30. We're down to 99. So this shit is getting sorted out by tiny, tiny percentages. Uh, what time is it? It's 3.30. This will be over in the next hour, not the stream, but the poll. So let's see who's going to win it. means that he trusts it. you. Trust he, that he trusts you? Like, wh why is that even relevant? It's you. Who, <laughs> it's him who should be proving that you should trust him, right? And a man who wants to have sex without a condom is not trustworthy. A man who gives you a problem about wearing a condom is untrustworthy, right? So rather than be like thinking, a lot of women have this thinking like, oh, I have to prove myself, I have to prove I'm sexually compatible, or I have to prove that I'm trustworthy, I have to prove I'm a wifey material or whatever, right? Like switch that mindset around. Like you are the interviewer here. He's the one who's trying to be impressing you, not the other way around. Yeah. Uh, number 21, telling a guy about your sexual trauma will bring you closer together. No. So this is a very, no. yeah, this is a very uh, controversial. No, do not, guys do not want to hear this shit. I don't know, maybe it's me, but it's like, like, you know, maybe when you're in a relationship for a long time and you're like, you know, you're kind of spilling the beans and everything, but early on, guys don't want to hear this as well, because like, once again, you have to understand how abusers operate. And there's a lot of people that think that revealing these vulnerable things will attract other people to be similarly disclosing and similarly vulnerable. And you are so much more likely to attract someone who is abusive and even grosser, someone who's attracted to the fact that you've been sexually groomed, Right or sexually abused like there's there's those guys too and there's been women on the subreddit have talked about men like that that fetishize their abuse yep. and it's horribly disgusting and it's not worth traumatizing yourself again by revealing that to the wrong person so if you were to ever disclose this it shouldn't be as like some kind of need to bring yourself closer to a person but more or less like a, almost like a matter of fact discussion of who you are but not like out of some kind of uh, emotional trauma bonding because that it's it's just a really really uh it's like it's a way to kind of send a bat signal to abusive men as well as men who would fetishize abuse uh, to abuse you further. Yeah, we talked about this in the Lundy Bancroft episode as well. He said, um, you know, he was surprised that people would criticize us for having this rule. Explained, the reason for that is that, you know, in liberal feminist media, it's like, just communicate, just communicate, just communicate. Um, has been a bad strategy for women and encourages women to overshare. Um, and I think also, yeah, assumes that all men have good intentions, which they don't. A lot of them, a lot of them don't. Anyways, I saw a really disturbing Reddit post one time, like a woman was talking about how she told her boyfriend that she was molested when she was a kid and he wanted her to talk about it while they were having sex because that was the only. Oh, way that is. Oh, my God. What in God's name of all things creepy. Like he actually thought it was arousing that she was molested when she was a kid. So, yeah, like that's the other risk is you could tell a guy about that and he could turn out to fetishize that um, or be you know attracted to that. Um, so trauma bonding is a, a style of emotional attachment that develops out of a repeated cycle of abuse, devaluation and positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a bond between that person and generally the person that they abuse. But you can sort of recreate those same dynamics with other people if you're like leading with your abuse or if you're leading with the trauma. Do smaller vetting, like smaller shit tests basically to see if he's like an honest and non-manipulative person. A good one is the blood in the water strategy. So tell him about something made up like, oh, I'm really insecure that uh, I'm really tall or something. And if he start going like oh a tall girl oh a tall girl tries to bully you for that that means that he's the sort of person to use your insecurities against you if you tell him something that you're supposedly insecure about you're not actually insecure about and he never mentions it again that's a promising sign so yeah wait until you've done these sorts of small lower risk smaller scale shit tests and only after oh. that would i disclose that kind of information yeah and don't and don't set yourself up to be disappointed if it does or does not bring you closer together right i mean it, it could but there's just this it's so much more likely to um attractive users and or put your your significant other in a situation where they even if they love you they may not know what to do or how to handle that information like dealing with someone's trauma is a skill right so don't necessarily ex expect them even if they love you to react exactly the way that you think that they should um it may not be that they're deliberately trying to devalue or shame yeah you i can't believe we're some naomi just said this are we this self-hating on christmas we are i don't know i'm just trying to catch up i'm just trying to catch up feel free to go hang out with your families and stuff and come back for people to understand how to react to someone i'm i'm basically i'm dying for our not i don't want to say that i'm like jesus because i'm wearing a santa hat but i'm dying for our sins right now
it's trauma. That's, that's, you know, that's like. a trained skill. Don't ever this disclose is... something with an expectation of the other person's response. I also think I'm what... Jewish, so you guys don't have to be. I'll just just to find a couple of the section. I think people who disclose their trauma two partners especially early on that can be an issue with boundaries and the idea that your partner has to be the entire village like i know some people say you have to tell your partner everything and i agree up to a point but when it's something you know such as sexual trauma it can sometimes be better just to work through that with someone like a therapist or a friend and not to necessarily lead with your trauma like per se um, especially if you are going to be expecting your partner to react in a certain way and if they don't then that can be quite devastating i mean to be fair that can be a betting you know strategy in and of itself but something like sexual trauma is deeply deeply personal um it's it's a lot more personal and a lot more sensitive yeah, don't than, bring say, it up you know, early on like a particular football team unnecessary like doing, do you know what i mean so i just think that um it can also be an issue with boundaries and expectations as well um which is why personally i don't like to lead with my trauma in relationships i also just think it's kind of a red flag to tell something that serious and that personal too soon like it like i don't know i had a guy yeah, on agreed. a second date tell me that he was uh that he was molested. It turned out later to not even be true, but he said that to try to make me feel like, oh, poor baby, and like... Wait, dudes are saying they're molested to get ass? That's crazy. Wow, yeah. Yeah, that's really soon, really soon, to tell somebody something like that. Yeah, and so it turned out to be like an emotional manipulation tactic for this guy. Yeah, but I also want to point up. out that like a high-value man, while he might not devalue you or look down on you if you've been sexually assaulted, a lot of high-value men, like they will also see it as a red flag if a woman brings that up on a first date or second date or third date. They would see that as a sign of possible future problems, so... And I mean, yeah. I've had coworkers disclose really personal things including sexual abuse like on the job um and so it's like it puts you in, a, in an awkward situation because it's like i care i care about this person but i don't know what to say to them other than i'm very sorry that happened to you i don't know how they're expecting me to react to them and so that's where i'm saying inappropriate disclosure or if you disclose it to someone and they don't you know react the way you should it could make you could feel offended because you're expecting a reaction that you may not get because that person just plain, plain old doesn't know how to react and there's like there's i've had coworkers that have disclosed things to me and i'm like that's awful i'm very sorry that happened to you but then that's kind of all they get for me because i feel like it's a, it's a little bit more of an intimate thing and then you look like an asshole because you're not <laughs> yeah and then i look <laughs> Well, kind yeah, of, you're right? like, it's wow, like, we're at work. I don't know what this has to do with the reports I asked for. Like, but... I, you know, I appreciate you telling me, but I'm like, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. a coworker. This is very heavy for our shift at Jamba Juice. Yeah, yeah. It puts the other person in an awkward position to be like, oh, you know, because if they try to have boundaries about it and don't immediately respond with this like <sighs> outpouring of empathy, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Like, tell me more, kind of thing. Let me rally a prayer circle. You know, I know, I don't exactly. know. Yeah. If, if they set up boundaries, they look like the jerk, right? So don't, yeah, don't, don't put people in that situation. Party foul. <laughs> <Sofa. laughs> That's um. Also controversial advice from FDS, but effective. So number twenty-two, it's normal not to orgasm during sex. Ugh. Man, we're yes, getting all the controversial this ones. This is like this little middle chunk is it's not controversial. <laughs> it's, uh, it's heavy. This is a fact. Not yeah, controversial. Um, so this is a this is a commentary on a pervasive myth that women have been sold about how uh, P and B sex is pervasive like, fact, quote unquote, impossible for a lot of women to orgasm from. Now that may or may not be true, but we found increasingly increasing discussions from other women as well as like our own experience that often. It's not just that women can't come from PNV sex or that women can't uh, penis and vagina. PNV, yeah. That they don't have orgasms, meaning even through oral sex, that they're having sex where they don't PNV's. have orgasms and that they're just quote unquote there for the intimacy. That can be true, but that's way overblown to the point where we have an issue called the orgasm gap where women who are in heterosexual relationships are orgasming maybe like 60% of the time as everybody else. Hey, your beef's with God. Your beef is with God here. That is, your beef was not with the men. Every other type of relationship. So... It starts to indicate that perhaps that it's not women's inability to orgasm. PNV, penis in vagina. So much as it is the lack of sexual skill from men. It's starting to feel like it's more projection of women's ability rather than men's lack of skill. Yeah, I think it's this is a myth that is basically a crutch for men low men's low effort sexual performance and lack of sexual skill. Um, the and I think it's related to porn in the sense that 
the porn that most men watch um, the one either doesn't have an orgasm and it just ends with a man like coming on her face or it's like a really she's faking her orgasms and he's doing like no like, her orgasms are so real in porn i've been told men that. will like pretend to have orgasms from like giving a blowjob like as gail dine says your clitoris is not in your throat okay so it's, that's not possible right so a lot of men watch porn they have a lot of bad ideas about how to please a woman and when they have sex with a real woman and don't please her you know, women, I don't know if it's like cope or, you know, just an excuse or whatever, you know, but women, oh, it's, it's normal not to orgasm during sex. Like, stop telling yourselves that. Start expecting more from men because men are just using this as a crutch to not learn how to be good at sex. Yeah, start acting like it's normal to orgasm during sex and that not orgasm during sex would be abnormal because, again, straight women are the only people who are having problems consistently orgasming. Lesbian couples orgasm, it's something like 80 to 90% of the time. Uh, gay males orgasm like 90 plus. This is honestly, this specifically is the crux of the whole patriarchy thing because this is the patriarchy in action where women don't orgasm the same rate as men do, but it's really just biology. I mean, technically. The time, uh, straight men orgasm during sex 90 plus percent of the time, and then straight women are something like 50, 60 percent. Yeah. And that seems very, very off. Yeah, start treating um, him and... like he's abnormal for not making you come. okay? Yeah. Um, yeah, stop, face stop faking your orgasms too, ladies. God, like he needs to learn. And do you think that like men would stick around, you know, if they were giving, you know, women orgasms and they weren't getting any? Of course not. Like they wouldn't stick around at all. They would say, I'm not, you know, my sexual needs aren't being met. So women need to have the same energy as well. You deserve to have um, an orgasm. An orgasm, you know, for women, as much as we've been told, you know, throughout history and in the media, it's not difficult. You know, if you know we can do it by ourselves, if you know lesbian women can do it to each other, then there's no excuse for straight men. There's absolutely yeah, no excuse. lesbians. Yeah, it takes me like two minutes when I have my vibrator. Okay, it's not like this five two hour minutes. ordeal with like multiple, you know, obstacle courses, like Olympic level, uh, you know, difficulty that men like to pretend it is it's actually very easy they're just they're just bad at it and they need to learn yeah if you can consistently orgasm from masturbation then why wouldn't you be able to orgasm during sex exactly consistently that's from what sex. we'd exactly. like to know yeah. about like there's literally one button that they have to press okay this isn't like what's that tv show like american ninja or american ninja warrior or something but even so we've talked about in our uh, our we like big dicks and we refuse to lie episode that sometimes the dude just ain't got the equipment for the job right because there's there's times where at least before i had sex with a man who had a penis that was favorable to my orgasm um you start to think like well pnv sex isn't all that and then you have sex with a guy whose dick is built right for the job and you can never go back <laughs> yeah right so some of that is like a lot of women just give up and then never figure out that that guy's penis may just not no, women, be women never give you. up ladies never give up it's not that you can't orgasm for pmv sex it could be that that guy's penis just ain't it ain't cutting it yeah it ain't it, it. a lot of men know that their dicks probably don't cut it and uh yeah guys all settle, so it's much better it. to just um don't listen to these ladies just move on there's something called the a spot we should talk about later where it's it's actually back uh, near the cervix uh and it's like another there's stimulation a zone spot requires somebody who's got a long enough penis to reach it mm -hmm. so there's things like that but, but there used to be an over focus on the g spot which is kind of behind your clitoris which is and there's there's discussion about what the g spot really is or if it's just like a cluster of nerves that are on the other side of your clitoris but there's other like erogenous zones and other like orgasmic zones in your vagina that they're just now quote unquote discovering um so like the vagina has nowhere it's nowhere near as studied and mapped out as other organs so when they try to make these definitive statements about like women's sexuality and that our inability is this is a myth or our inability to orgasm because, is because of this or some kind of issue a lot of times it's just flat out biological ignorance a so it does behoove you to try to become your own authority and don't assume you can't you can't orgasm from pmv sex or that you can't orgasm consistently during sex unless it's some kind of um you know there's, there are some women for whom it's a legitimate problem and it's usually some kind of uh, disability or neurological issue but if you can consistently do that you can experiment on yourself and feel what feels good more than likely you can it's just you haven't found the right person yeah um, 23, you can learn to love a guy you're not attracted to. I want to preface this by saying it is possible to become... For sure you can learn to love someone you're not attracted to. Or attracted to a man as you get to know him. Like, there are times where I'm looking at a guy and think, oh, he's, he's okay looking. He, maybe even very attractive or anywhere from average to attractive. But then you get to talking to him and he's very charming, he's very smart, he's very uh, affectionate, very attentive to your needs. And all of those qualities will cause me to be more attracted to him. But unfortunately, at the starting point, if he's like just not my physical preference, he's just not attracted to me at all, 
unfortunately, there's not really much that he can do personality-wise to overcome that. That's just life. I've never dated somebody I wasn't actually physically attracted to straight away. And again, this whole, I don't know why men set themselves up like this, or like women and men set themselves up like this. And then they will turn around and complain, you know, that they're in a dead bedroom or that their wife isn't interested. Like attraction isn't the most important thing, but people have twisted that to mean that attraction isn't, impo isn't important at all. Of course and that's it's not true. Attraction you know really really does matter um matter. In especially in a sexual relationship um because if you're with somebody that you're not attracted to then you're basically um, then surely you're just like friends that's not a sexual relationship right unless you don't experience sexual attraction i don't know like i just think that it's incredibly weird when you know especially weird. women now they sort of adopted this narrative that looks don't matter in a relationship when i think it does <laughs> yeah because i just couldn't be intimate with somebody that i wasn't attracted to like physically attracted to i just yeah i just couldn't do it and also i wouldn't want somebody to be it with me if like they weren't physically attracted to me as well so yeah you're gonna be married for the rest of your life so if you want to like have a chance at happiness you should probably be with someone you find sexually attractive otherwise yeah you might find yourself in a dead bedroom right yeah so just think of the fact that your sex life is going to go through ebbs and flows your sex life is, is a pretty important part of your marriage obviously it's not everything in a marriage or everything you should value but it's important enough and especially important to men that if you end up committing to a guy you're only so so sexually attracted to expect him to raise issue with it later if you just start to want to pull back <laughs> yeah and again it's this false dichotomy that women either have to choose between a guy who treats them well and a guy they find sexually attractive and again that isn't true um i'd also just like to make the point that i mean at least for me just because somebody is like conventionally attractive that doesn't necessarily mean i will be like sexually attracted to them i think attraction is deeply personal but what i don't understand deeply is women who will openly say like yeah he's not the best looking guy but this it's just like if you don't think he's good looking yeah because it's the priorities are different it's like i don't understand why you just don't understand that that's not everybody's top priority i don't see the point if you can do you know what i mean like i mean for some people will say like that that's no some people do not know what you mean that dude's rich as shit i've ever seen do you see what she means and that's deeply personal but if you're willing to admit that your partner you know that they're not the best looking thing that they're unattractive i just don't see the point personally have you ever seen some of these tweets where like husbands will be like yeah my wife isn't the most beautiful woman in the world but uh you know she cooks and cleans she takes great care of our kids so you know i love her anyways kind of thing i would rather fucking die than be married to a man who would publicly who humiliate find you attractive. Like yeah like exactly i wouldn't want to do that to my, my partner either right like i would never i would not want to subject someone that i love or care about to the embarrassment of like yeah he's not that attractive uh but he's got other good qualities right like if he is actually a genuinely good person you wouldn't want to make him feel like shit about himself like that right so yeah just date people that you're attracted to very simple this isn't Bridgerton where you have to get married because like you're going to bring shame upon your family if you're an old maid, right? Yeah. Like or any type of situation where, and this is again, uh, this is throwback patriarchal programming to gaslight women into marrying quote unquote Stop gaslighting men, women. Men financially provide for them who they weren't actually attracted to. But imagine you're going to have to do sexual, it's going to be sexual labor. It's going to feel like a chore if you're not attracted to that guy. And we're done. It's not yeah. good for you or good for your marriage long-term unless you plan on just being miserable forever to not uh, feel sexually attracted to them. Unless of course you're asexual, which then have at it right like <laughs> yeah ladies we gotta raise the bar okay like <laughs> no. trying to force us to choose between these false binaries like oh you have to date a hot guy who treats you like shit or you have to date a guy uh who's ugly but he treats you well no women need to raise the fucking bar and say we want a guy who's both attractive and treats us well and i think that's a perfectly perfectly reasonable expectation because guess what men have that same expectation <sighs> of women too right you know men want a woman who is both reaching the end of my rope here you know why do they think they're entitled to that but we aren't allowed to be entitled to that like we're allowed to have what we, we can have both that's okay exactly Last one for this episode, number 24, you have to give guys a chance. No, you do not. You do yes, not you do. You don't want to. Nobody no, deserves no, a chance. No, you don't have to do shit. You don't have to do shit. Like, either that person's attracted to you. You don't need 37 fucking rules or lies or whatever. You need one. You don't have to do shit. Or they're not. And also, what is chance? What is that, like, the possibility of having sex with me? 
No, I don't owe anyone that possibility. I, I, don't, I, I don't understand when people do this. It's like a woman says, I'm not that into him or he's not that cute. And like, well, you haven't given him a chance. And like a chance to what? Is he yeah. going to get like more attractive in the next five minutes? Maybe. Yeah. You know, it's very, very weird. Or like if they did something that was very bumbling and off-putting to you, they want you to like immediately look past that. And this is where like women get groomed into doing all the emotional labor. Like uh, no man is perfect. You have to work hard to help him reach his potential. This is all that rhetoric about the fact that we have to give men chance after chance to impress us or do whatever or look attractive to us. It's just like grooming us to keep having to do that and give them chance after chance after chance in a relationship, which is frustrating. No, you know, trust yourself. If you just if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. that's valid. You don't have to force yourself to like eat your peas, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, men are vegetables, okay? You don't have to force yourself to eat them if you don't want to, okay? Like the reason why I hate this Dimantra Beats asks a very good question. He says, Danny, why don't you do some streaming where you watch some other random videos you're into watching? I don't so I don't know. It normalizes the idea that women's boundaries or women's choices or women's this is what we're doing. themselves and their own lives are not valid. And that like we have to uh, compromise on what we want for the benefit of men and that's just a mindset that we need to reject categorically this women hell. want the things that we want and if men want to be with women they have to make an effort to meet that have you ever heard people pressure a guy to date a woman like you have to give her a chance i just never we like pain yeah, we like no the pain on christmas that. that's true they're never like oh force yourself to have a this date. is what the jews get for killing jesus is i have to do this you know, force yourself to pretend to be attracted to this person or like she's really nice so you should keep going on dates with her i just don't see the same the same reciprocation yeah yeah the same reciprocation and the, le- the level of societal commitment to force men to be with women they're not attracted to in some way in fact men will go absolutely ballistic over you know the health at every size movement or you know uh what they consider to be um oh you're you're forcing me to be attracted to like they'll look at like that dove commercial with women with different body sizes and they'll be like ah oh, society is trying to force me to be attracted to to fat women it's like no that ad isn't for you that ad is for women the fact that you're jerking into is your fucking problem who's um, jerking also, into like, the commercial have that knee jerk extremely negative reaction to you know uh give girls a chance even if she doesn't meet your physical standards they for them that's like a hard no and they're not willing to compromise on that and i don't think we should have to either nope no jerking. compromise okay so that's our show. Thank God. You can also check out our Patreon. Patreon. Thank God. Okay, guys. That was uh, episode. I don't even know what episode number that was, to be honest. But the next episode is the Tinder. It's about the Tinder swindler. So we've made it to that point um, of the Tinder swindler. I am going to take. I've been streaming now for almost four hours consecutively. I'm going to take a little break. It is now 3.52 p.m. Eastern. I will be back. I'm going to go get something to eat. I'll be back at 4.30 in 38 minutes. We will then continue the poll. The current poll standings, Rusty Smackleford, 36%. Hinkle McCrinkle Berry, 35%. Corey Holder, 29%. We will have 30 minutes once I come back for more votes for whoever wants to vote. And then I will declare a winner at 5 p.m. And we will stream some more. But I cannot keep listening to this fucking nonsense i'm going to eat chinese food there's no bagels i had a bagel earlier actually funny enough is that funny i don't know uh i'll be back in 45 minutes though talk amongst yourselves everybody uh 4 30 p.m we will resume the stream and we will uh we'll crown a winner at 5 p.m of the 50 dollars. rusty smackleford hinkle mcringleberry Corey holder like the stream all that stuff see you soon be right back Look at that. We're back right on time. How's that for you? 4.30 strikes and I'm back. I went and got uh, soup from this. Not that anybody cares, but the only place that was really open that was fast is this Xi'an Fine Foods. It's from food from Xi'an, China. So it's kind of like Chinese food, but it's not like normal Chinese food. And it's 
not that good. Uh, all right, we're back. We're back from break. I feel invigorated. I feel alive again. Um, I feel. I don't know where JJ is. I messaged him. He's like, "What are you doing for food?" And then I said, "I'm getting. I'm getting the soup right here." And then he goes, "I might order Thai." So I don't know. Ask him if he was coming. I don't know. Uh, so n- nothing from JJ right now. So I'm gonna. Do, we're gonna decide the winner of the of the election, if you will. At uh, hold on, we got to pull up the stats here. So currently, Hinkle McQuinkleberry is in the lead um, by probably like a vote. I would guess it's somewhere around like one or two votes maximum. Corey is he's he hasn't called in. He's got he's pulling a bit of an Eric, if you will. And uh, Rusty's just hanging in there. So and just to recap, Hinkle wants to spend the money on steak. Rusty, uh, I can't remember something about sending money to. Oh, vaccinating, uh, vaccinating the children of the world is what Rusty wanted to do. Hero put Agassiz said, "Xi'an Fine Foods used to be fire." Yeah, this isn't a Xi'an Fine Foods like the chain, but it's Xi'an. I don't know. It was okay. It's fine. I wanted ramen, but there was no none of the ramen. I guess Japanese people believe in Jesus, so. There was no ramen open, um, or at least none, none where I'm at. Chad saying Eric and Corey equals Danny. I mean, if it did, I it's not a good reason. I'm I'm not. Uh, I ain't winning on this, but uh, I am not Corey. I'm not Eric. I am Danny, and that's all I know how to be. It's still fucking freezing in the studio here. Freezing. Um. And because all the lights are LED lights now, so you don't even get any warmth off the lights. Should I turn the the oven on? That's probably not a good idea. I don't know what to do. I guess you just don't have heat. That's how it is in New York sometimes where you just go, hey, you know all this insane amount of money you pay for this little shoebox? Sometimes there's no heat on the coldest day of the year. So uh, I don't know if there's no heat, but it feels like there's next to no heat. I went to the bathroom and there's a there's like a because it's all radiator, it's all like steam, so it's like the boiler is off or some shit. I don't know. Um, all right, so I we're gonna do that was thirty seven lies you were taught about men part two. Someone asked uh, earlier, why don't you watch stuff you like? I don't know. Good question. Uh, the Tindler Swindler is kind of mid for a scammer. So they think that the Tindler Swindle is mid. That's the next episode. And at the end of this episode, I will decide the winner of the $50. So uh, we still have a little time for jockeying for position. If Corey wants to call, if Corey wants to make the case for himself, he can. I see he's in the chat, but he doesn't seem to be too keen on calling in. That's fine. Maybe he's going to come from behind. I don't know, but it's a tight heat. So Hinkle or Rusty, if you want to call back in, uh, go for it. But And Tree Surgeon says, it's not as funny to watch things you like. I agree. I don't decide. No, no, no. There's a poll. So if you look, there's a YouTube poll. Hinkle McCrinkleberry currently in the lead. Everybody gets to vote. So you vote. I have nothing to do with this. I do not select who wins. I will not play God like that. Not on this Christmas day. Uh, it's you, the viewers who vote, um, and shout out to everybody who's watching over on YouTube, on rumble. I don't know. Did I, did I, 
I don't know what's going on over on Rumble, but shout out to all of y'all. Uh, I know there's some people watching earlier. Uh, we're back. Yeah, we got some people watching. Shout out to you all over on the Rums. Uh, let's get back into it. So we'll, at the end of this episode, we'll be announcing the winner. Uh, good luck to you all. And shout out to all the queens on this Christmas day. What's up, Queens? By the way, I'm getting so good. See, that sounds way too fast now. I'm getting so good at this where I just pick this exact spot. Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. Today, we're attacking the Tinder swindler. Dun, dun, dun. This has been blowing up on social media, and I finally watched it last night. I want to say straight out the gates, if these women had FDS... Shout out to the Tinder swindler. They would have been scammed. They would have never fallen for this shit. This is, I see this as a story of why FDS is necessary. And as a core nah. for society for women. This is not the kind of stuff FDS is up until the Tinder swindler. They're not telling you to watch out for dudes who are swindling Blame you. Blame them for following victim to the scam so much as I think that, yes, like we said before, society kind of sets women up to be exploited like this. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. These women were set up to fail by liberal media by, you know. The Disneyfication of our romantic encounters, which is not lining up with the realities of dating in this market, specifically on dating on things like Tinder, which requires vetting. Yeah. And I think for me, what also stood out the most is that we often think, like when we think of romance scams, we often think of like a 70 year old woman, you know, falling in love with a Nigerian prince in Africa um, who completely scams her. But, but these yeah, but women, don't forget, women of all ages are stupid. Women who were conventionally attractive, they were clearly quite successful, they They're were intelligent, intelligent yeah. and they still got scammed. So, you know, I've seen. Uh, you know, across like social media, saying, for him, that's a tough scam. Saying, oh, you know, that will never happen to me, and it's like, but these aren't your your typical victims of a romance scam. You know, they're if anything, they're the complete opposite. And I think it's important to it's important to bear in Pony. mind that um, you know, Oops. believing that something won't happen to you, it brings the possibility of you having a massive blind spot. Because I'm sure these women thought the same thing as well. Yeah, I will say from my perspective, like his scamming skills are actually kind of mid. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, doesn't sound like it. it. Sounds it like they're was, actually it was a, it was a very, very super high level scammer. Scam. Like he clearly the scam was elaborate. His like way that he he lured the women in was pretty mid. It was pretty mid. But what are you talking about? He's like he's so good at scamming. He hasn't even been arrested for anything, even though he clearly scammed all these chicks. If you think nothing about, mid about it, like all the tenants and all the aspects of the scam, it was very very well you know thought out. Like he thought of every scenario, like any like resistance they they came up with, he had an answer for it. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, let's give a brief synopsis of what happened. You know, obviously, spoiler alert. The Netflix show revolves around uh, three women who were scammed by this guy named Simon Levive. And fake name. Fake, <laughs> yeah. fake name. He actually, so I won't get to the big reveal until after the, the synopsis. So the first girl, Cecilia, she meets him in London on Tinder. He says he's flying out of London the next day and then tells her to come to meet him at a fancy five star hotel for dinner and drinks, right? So they have dinner and drinks. Eventually, he invites her off on his private jet to fly out of London. During this flight out of London, she meets his baby mama, the mother of his two-year-old child, where the baby mama apparently says that Simon's a really good guy. He takes care of us. I'm glad you guys are dating. Really butters her up. Then they go to... Where did they fly to again? I want to say... It was Bulgaria. It was Bulgaria. 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 They flew to Bulgaria. They uh, end up having sex. During sex, she notices he has scratches on his back. And yeah. he, he makes up the story. Who knows if this is true or not? His enemies uh, that are after he him. was in a South African prison and he was discriminated against because he was Jewish, and that like someone uh, tried to attack antagonize him on his diamond business, etc. She flies back home. He basically says like, "Oh, the night's over. 
um i think he f made up some fake business he had to do <laughs> so she flies back home and then uh she's like oh i'm all worried he's gonna if he's gonna see me again and then eventually he does start to see her uh see or at least text her and say like oh, relationship you. yeah they're in a relationship i want you to be my girlfriend etc um and then he proceeds to fly her all around the world like whining and diner etc and uh eventually yeah she was just like committed girlfriend and like met him twice you're like fucking idiot uh, claims that one of his bodyguards he says he's a dime first of all he says he's the son of a diamond billionaire and that's how he gets all of his money to wine and dine women so he claims that somebody's after his family he has enemies so to speak and enemies. that they attacked his bodyguard that his he can enemies. no longer use his own credit cards and he can only like he's going into hiding so he asked her to open a credit card and open a loan for him so that he can still conduct his business and that he'll pay her back which of course mm -hmm. he doesn't pay her back <laughs> yeah and the wildest thing is he sends her like oh. fake uh bank transfers saying that he did pay her back and then just gaslights her when the money doesn't come through kind of thing and she ends up she just keeps taking out loans thinking he's gonna pay her back and he never does yeah and what's yeah. also even like, sounds like she's crazy you know when she's getting concerned that she's hitting her credit limits and you know can't because i even thought to myself how is she getting these loans but then he actually employed her and sent her fake pay slips now i don't think she got the money that was on the pay slips because it said she was being paid like ninety thousand dollars a month no she and didn't obviously then obviously. if you have that as proof of income in the uk um that will give you whatever your... credit you want yeah yeah pretty much yeah if you're earning ninety thousand dollars a month <laughs> yeah so that so that, that's what's crazy yeah so she gets she's able to take out two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of loans personal that's loans insane. and credit card she's mad uh, credit card limits so yeah pretty insane so obviously she never sees a dime of that money back from simon who eventually disappears breaks up with her and then runs the same scam on a woman named pernilla although they're not romantically revolved they're just friends um he I mean, basically oh, the same thing even worse scam. his friend peter's being attacked you're a go chick that got scammed by a dude and he just wanted to be hiding says he's gonna uh says he wants them to move in together asked about money etc etc so <sighs> that's the scam the enemies yeah, at the end okay eileen queen eileen she ends up scamming him back but we'll get there we'll, we'll get there let's dissect this story so first of all, let's talk about like what were some of the early tells? What what are some of the red flags in the early phases that stood out to you? I think for me, it was in the interview with Cecilia, who was the woman from uh, Norway. And she was talking about her experiences of online dating. And she said that I um i or that she used to idolize stories like beauty and the beast where basically a handsome prince would come and save a woman from you know the life that she feet. was living yeah so it was it was clear that she was almost like looking for a guy to um to just completely sweep her off her feet and i i remember oh, aren't we all lady talking about simon in the early days about how he took her to um a fancy restaurant in you know london i think it was even for a coffee date as well which is just definitely sus no coffee dates but then when she was talking about the early days when he you know promised that they would get a flat together in london and you know gave her like a fifteen thousand dollar a month rent limit i could see like her eyes were lighting up and it was clear that she had fully bought into the disney fantasy where you know i guess i mean she wasn't like a poor old maid but you know <laughs> in comparison to the well she thought that simon had she basically was um and just expecting this super rich billionaire to sweep her off her feet and unfortunately disney's conditioning it makes you know women extremely vulnerable to this idea that there is a guy who's gonna be on, oh it's uh, disney's fault for this is women getting scammed is now disney's fault on the white horse and he will you know come to save you from okay. your problems it also you know leads it also feeds the idea that a woman has to has to basically struggle and suffer you know to get the love and relationship that she wants from the man she's into if we look at beating the beast for example she had to cohabit with a literal piece of shit beast until he saw the light and started treating her well and they lived happily ever after it's all nonsense real life isn't like that if you meet 
a rich beast in real life it's they will remain a rich beast there's no happy ending to that story ever so i think too he tried to impress her with his wealth because i think she did say like, it was the first time she had like caviar and all those types yeah. of really fancy yeah. things so oh, see it's not like you didn't get anything out of it. you got some well. yeah. the first time she'd done that so and also she's from a small town so i imagine there's probably not a lot of elaborate wealth around there or at least like not as many uh blatant scammers i thought she's from oslo she said she was a small town girl no, I think her mom. But maybe lived she's in Oslo. from a small. Mom lived in Oslo because she yeah. never saying, "Well, I thought I was a small town girl," oh, okay. and like she gets remember that part. So I thought I I don't know how big Oslo is. Or like, it's like their capital, right? No, no, but I mean she might be saying I'm outside of Oslo. <laughs> oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah. Meaning like a person they say they're from Oslo, but they can't be outside of there. But the way maybe, but she seemed very naive and very overly trusting. But yeah, yeah obviously so, like, she was like, overly she trusting and naive. A, a more city because like if you grew up in like New York, for example, you know people are trying. I feel like anybody from New York would try to scam me all the time. People would have seen this shit. Like, girl, he running credit card scams. Like, for like what it was. Like two minutes. Whereas like a woman who wasn't used to men doing that sort of thing might have like fallen for that so so actually so i'll say my my uh immediate red flags were the two biggest ones if there's anything that you learn from this podcast learn these two dating tips um if a man tries to create a sense of urgency by saying oh i have to meet up tonight because i'm leaving town mm. don't go <laughs> like it's either love bombing yeah. it's either bullshit he's trying to get you in bed etc always suggest another time number two never go to a second location with a man on a first date this is like yeah. kidnapping. Never go to a second location a with, with anybody. You know how they say if you're being abducted or kidnapped, like fight for your life before you get to that second location because if you get there, like it's, it's over pretty much. Um, I think those rules very much apply on first date. So don't go to a second location with him. Always wrap up the night at the first that's not good location. Advice. And this is especially important. That's why we also say don't do bar. See, that's like over the top advice. That's over the top paranoid advice where you go never go to a second location. Because like I, I got uh, my friends a doorman at this cool club and go see some dj and they're like no no second location the bar crawl thing where you go to like several different bars and then try to make it look first of all even if he's not a scam artist um, it creates a false sense of intimacy and a lot of the pickup artists and the red pillars suggest taking women to multiple locations on the same date because it's fun they're like these are just ideas for fun dates that's a fun date because it makes it seems like you're taking them on multiple days and, and speeds up the intimacy process and it's a part of love bombing you to try to get you to fuck on the first date yeah. yeah yeah try to get you to fuck on the first date but also like love bombing you long term if they're trying to like if they're trying to scam you right like which some of these guys are so the multiple locations thing is always a red flag swindle if you will tindler like, as well as the like false sense of urgency so immediately the fact that she not only like went that same day to go see the guy and then like went on a, a jet plane like to some unknown country the guy she just met even after her friends told her like says he could be a literal kidnapper <laughs> like you could be out here being trafficked and she was like yellow i'm going anywhere i'm like that would really 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 get you messed up either way so yeah, listen to your friends sis like your friends had some common sense like yes <laughs> yeah those two things right there i was like those are those two are probably the biggest and massive red flags when it comes to dating on a app. false sense of urgency a guy trying to take you to a second location yeah, I want to say the first the first thing that stood out to me was actually the fact that he's a single dad. Um, and this, hear me out, hear me out, because whoa, I think that's that fucked Single up. dads should be treated like pariahs, especially if their children are very young. First of all, um, very I would have if I was in that situation with the baby mama, I would have asked a lot more questions about why they broke up. You know, why why didn't it work on out, the right? first day? Most women women with young children generally don't leave the father of their. Children. I mean, there were million red flags. The fact that you're meeting the baby mama on like the first date on a private jet, Child, like... unless there's something seriously wrong. Uh, it's not like you know in, in the early phases of dating where it's like, oh, you know, we just didn't have any chemistry anymore. Oh, you know, we, I just didn't think we were compatible or something like small and situational like that. No, generally, once you have a child together, most of the time the women in that situation are pretty motivated to keep it up unless he's, there's something seriously wrong with him. Uh, in the situation with a single dad, either he left her or she left him. Yeah, there's never anything wrong with them. For yeah. her to leave him, he probably did something really bad. And for him to leave her, that means he's just a deadbeat who just like broke up with his baby mama when, with like a young child, right? So either either scenario whether it's his fault or her fault or not fault but like whether he broke up with her she broke up with him doesn't matter both of these situations are red flags so single dads of young children to me unless he's like a widower that is a red flag to me still so a red flag more questions with baby mama and bringing why could you keep that woman alive huh first date with another woman a date what the fuck yeah that's what i was gonna say even that <laughs> i wouldn't even bother asking her anything i would just turn around and walk out like who brings their ex and child on a first date and even the fact he even yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure if he again 
this chick who got swindled is the idiot in this scenario kids or not but the fact he brought a child on a first date as well a mahusive red flag any single parent or any responsible parent would not would not think that's appropriate behavior to be introducing um your young you know child to different people that you're dating like so early on on the first date yeah it's weird if you if you are dating and you have kids most of the people i know who are generally like sane and good parents they want to hold off on introducing their child to their date because they want to make sure that they're in it for the long haul that they have a good relationship and so on it's not nice to introduce a child to a potential like you know parental yeah, mental thing if they're not going to be is. around for very long right like i think in, in fact like some of those toxic people i've met who are parents who date they introduce their kids to their dates really early on. It's like this revolving door. It ends up, you know, creating issues for the child in terms of like attachment and so on, right? So, I, yeah, I would have def- I definitely would have judged this guy for bringing his child on a first date. That's weird, for sure. That, that was like the early, early red flags. So I feel like if she had said no, um, I can't meet you today when he first tried to say like, oh, I'm going to be leaving the next day, then uh, he probably would have just abandoned shift and not talked to her after that. Yeah. Which I need people to understand like that's like that that is a compliance test, and if they stop talking to you, that's probably a good thing. Hmm. Because, I mean, because, like, best case scenario, let's say he actually is serious about leaving, then who knows when you'll see him, you know, months from now anyways. So, and then secondly, um, like, you'll be able to weed out, like, how interested he is in it. If you just say, like, oh, you know, I can't make it right now. How about next week? Or how about when you come back to London or whatever? Like, give him another option and then see how he responds. He'll either completely, if he's a scam artist, you fail the compliance test, compliance test right? Yeah. Which you want to do. If he's, like, a decent yeah, he guy. Obviously, he just wants to sleep with you. If he's got a guy with a private jet, you're like, yeah, there's a sense of urgency because you know that that dude's out of your league. Like, there's an element of that, too, where women are like, oh, wow, a guy was like, I've never dealt with him. So then that's where, I mean, I guess it's a clever scam. He actually scam wants to see you. He'll be interested in scheduling for some other time. And then secondly, if you don't go to second location, also a compliance test, because if you refuse to go to second location, then he's realizing, like, oh, well, she just ate my food and left, right? And he'll start yeah. to, like, panic because you haven't uh, given the indicators that, like, he's, his investment was worth something in the future. Yeah, I want to say, like, uh, the best piece of dating advice, and I, I sort of practiced this even before the Lundy Bancroft episode, but he mentioned this on, Lundy mentioned this in the Lundy Bancroft episode, how um, one of the best ways of vetting for abusive or just like shitty men in general is just being less cooperative, you know? So saying like, oh no, I can't, I don't want to go to that location or, oh, let's meet at a different Being place. a regular chick is what you're saying. Just being a normal woman. Time or something like that. Yeah. And so I find, I, I notice this a lot with women when they meet a guy, especially if he he's a guy that they perceive to be high value, like he's really rich, really attractive, or has other qualities that she really likes and that are rare in men. A lot of times women are just, you know, they get into this mentality like, oh, if I, uh, if I set a boundary, if I say no, or if I say one meet a different time, you know, he might lose interest in me and then I'll miss out on a really great guy. Yeah. And it's like, ladies, like, You're that's right. not the mentality that you should be having when dating. Because here's the thing if he is. I mean, it depends what you look like and what you bring to the table. It might need to be the mentality. A good guy if he's actually interested in you. And I do this all the time where I'll just like, even if I'm not actually busy, I'll just say that I'm busy just to make him come up with a different time. And most of the time, like, they'll, they'll come, they'll come back with a counter offer, right? And they'll try to make it work if they're interested in you, right? But the shitty guys, the scam artists, keep in mind that con artists, they're doing their own sort of vetting, right? Like, they're trying to see how gullible you are, whether mm-hmm. you're willing to go along with what they say. And by, you know, going on the second location by, by going along with all their tactics that tells him oh this is a really valuable or uh, good mark kind of thing yeah so the next part of the whole scam then she gets to bulgaria with him and has sex with him and then he has all these scars on his back and then says he went to prison in north africa south africa was it south africa uh, says he went yeah. to prison in south africa okay so like massive glaring red, red flag, flag. Went to this jail. man's been to prison yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, for like kind of undisclosed reasons he's saying is discrimination against him because he's jewish if you would like to hear our thoughts oh you never heard of somebody named nelson mandela it happens prisoners please check out our patreon episode 10 tips on dating a prisoner it's actually been released to the general public but we roast the concept of dating a prisoner um or an ex-con because juice ain't worth the squeeze that's yeah. another red flag this is another thing I, I get a lot of men you know coming up with these sob stories or oh i'm discriminated you know him saying that uh he was discriminated against for being jewish and so on i mean a lot of women because we're very compassionate will hear that and be like oh i'm so sorry that happened to you kind of thing and i fall i fall into that like so many times in my life that kind of emotional manipulation right and it's just made me 
you know, a lot more like savvy and, and much more strict with my emotional boundaries. Right. I, I, I get suspicious of men who tell me sad stories or anything. I wonder what happens when they collide, like with someone who thinks this way, where they're like on the lookout for emotional manipulation collides with a guy who's similarly on the lookout for these same things. I can't imagine that makes me feel like, oh, poor baby. Anything that makes me have that feeling early on, mm-hmm. I start to go into pattern recognition mode. And another thing as well is that a like a high value man, he wouldn't find it appropriate to disclose that so early on to a woman he's just met. Even if I mean everybody comes with you know baggage and their own traumas, but disclosing that traumas. on the first date, trying to make you feel sorry for him, is a very is a common tactic of abusive men. Um, mm-hmm. Because that is also how they emotionally hook you in. And if you couple that with, um, you know, women who have sort of a savior complex, then you've got a, a really, really, I mean, then you've got a setup for a very, very bad relationship dynamic. Yeah. There's actually a really good book on this called The Sociopath Next Door by Martha Stout. Highly recommend reading it uh, as a woman. It'll help you tell, it'll help you become more savvy about the tells of like psychopaths and sociopaths. And one of the biggest ones, in fact, the number one tell that she says is him trying to make you feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people think that, oh, a sociopath or psychopath, they're, you know, they're going to go out there and try to make you afraid of them. That's actually not true. Most, most of the time, their first thing is to try to rope you in using emotional manipulation, or rope you in using emotional manipulation, try to get you to feel bad for them, to lower your guard, and it makes you much more like mentally pliable. You right, know, watch when you, out, when you feel boys. Bad for them. If you look at Ted Bundy's victims, for example, like he, like he managed to lure them in by pretending to be disabled. Yeah, pretending to be injured. Yeah. Yeah. So the the fact that he went to prison and then the vague excuse that he was betrayed allegedly went to prison. Yeah, we don't know if that's allegedly. true. Allegedly, no, he did. He, actually, no, he did go to prison. He did. That was. But it was in Finland for scamming. In Finland, <laughs> yeah, for scamming. Oh, they're talking. I thought they were talking about Ted Bundy. <laughs> he did get to prison. This is one point five. Everybody, we normally do. Uh, one, but I'm just I'm cracking up the speed. Here. Yeah, <laughs> so he actually did go to prison, but just not in the circumstances that he claimed. Yeah, yeah. as they say in a Russian proverb, like a lie is best concealed between two truths. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> anyway, oh, the other thing is like beware of men who say like things that it's like she even says like oh it's like exactly what I wanted to hear, or he's telling me exactly what I wanted to hear, right? So if he, if a guy's future fit, and we talk about future faking on FDS all the time when a man's promising you the world, oh we're gonna get married, we're gonna have babies, all this kind of stuff. That's another thing that sets off my pattern recognition with men is if they're making all these grandiose. By the way, get those votes in. And it's dead heat between Hinkle McCrinkleberry and Rusty Smackleford for the 50 bones. Corey Holder just cannot crack 30% for a second. Promises and stuff. I'm like, what's get your back. agenda? You know, it just yeah. makes me suspicious. So be, definitely beware of men. You know, if you feel like it's too good to be true, it probably is. A man who's got good intentions, he might know that he wants to marry you, to have a family with you early on, but he'll never say that because he understands that he also still needs to vet you properly. So even if, I mean, um, you know, for example, my brother-in-law always said that he knew um, that he wanted to marry my sister pretty much straight away, but he didn't then go and say, like, let's get married or we'll get married one day. It still took a while before he eventually made the proposal because he was vetting as well. So... As you should. And also, if a guy is coming out with things, um, because I, I read the text messages and it was it was your typical scammer language as well, like "honey, <laughs> I love you," like all that stuff like that. It's just it's, it's quite generic as well. But I mean, if he's willing to say that to you early on, then he's likely said that to other women early on as well. Yeah. Um, so you need to put that into perspective too. Yeah, he's love. I mean, it's classic love bombing. This entire setup, classic. execution of the scam relied on that early onset love bombing. Mm. Yeah, from whisking her away to a foreign country, whining and dining. That her, is a lot. Sending yeah. her gifts early on. He was sending her like bouquets of flowers, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really tough. No flowers, guys. No want, flowers. They really want the love fantasy. And they really, I mean, and I'm not going to shame women for like if they want a guy that has money to take them places, right? So I get why just having the signifiers of being able to provide for her, being able to send her gifts, being attentive is so special because like so many men are just not even. And so few men are like that. So few men are like that. Mm. And, um, because most of the guys who are trying to have sex with you aren't nearly as uh, suave about it, I su- suppose I should say. Like, most of them are kind of crass. Mm. Oh, come over to my mm. apartment for Netflix and chill and we'll fuck on the mattress on the floor kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like, the bar for men is so low that it doesn't take much for a man to seem like, wow, he's this, like, amazing high-value man kind of thing, right? It's really easy to get swept off your feet. In that I mean, he was had a private jet and was taking her all around Europe and stuff. That's not... 
culture yeah which is why we say don't take low effort dates like i don't i'm not saying every guy's gonna be a billionaire who's gonna buy you caviar but it shouldn't be like such a huge deal that a guy takes you to a nice restaurant right like, but, didn't, but didn't he even ask them on a coffee date like they went yeah. to a yeah hotel. see even the tinder swimmer to drink coffee yeah was it coffee I, I don't remember if it was like pernilla i do remember cecilia saying um that she had never seen like the gold fleck caviar before Mm. yeah i think it was um, so, i don't remember if that was the first date or like a couple of dates in i think it was the second woman who had the coffee date but still yeah like i, I mean even for, people criticize fds a lot because we tell women uh to expect men to invest financially and to be honest like a lot of abusive men will use like financial control over women and so i want to be very mm. clear that like we like it when a man invests but just because he invests in you is not automatically it doesn't automatically put him in the clear right when we say high value men we're not just talking about looks or talking about money we're also talking about character right and so a billionaire who is attractive but is also cheating on you and scamming you and <laughs> You know, doing all this stuff. Well, because he's not a billionaire, though. He's scamming you because he's not a billionaire. A real billionaire would have nothing to do with any of these women. A real billionaire would have never... Like, the woman who got swindled by the Tindler swindler, it's not like she's like, oh, I I would have been with a billionaire otherwise. You're like, no, the billionaire was never on the table. All you could do best was fake billionaire who scams you. Find your back. That man is low value. Billionaire quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> literally negative value like he actually put all of these women in debt right yeah he's actually negative value because he's he has such a negative by impact on their the life, definition right? negative so, value. yeah i mean just keep in mind like even if he if he seems too good to be true if he's doing all these grandiose displays you know you definitely appreciate it i guess but like you know don't don't like allow yourself to be swept away yeah pace yourself like set, start yeah. setting boundaries and see how he reacts to me even just the fact that he was that busy was a red flag like i wouldn't want a relationship with someone who's always flying out and being in different countries and doesn't have any time for me kind of thing like even just being that busy to me it was a red flag well, <laughs> and to be fair that was that's your opinion another tell as well is that ugh, like long distance relationships man alive you have to be careful <laughs> you have to be so so careful Agreed. um it seemed like they were never in the same place um cecilia and, and simon um you know for anything like longer than a couple of days he would fly her out it just seemed like the whole relationship was long distance yeah um, oh, so said, if somebody is just like genuinely too busy to be in the same location as you because there are some jobs like if they're a pilot or whatever where they are flying like around a lot but you just need to approach such relationships with caution and you need to doubly vet the person that you're with i i think given the intensity and the speed of the relationship it was way too quick considering that they weren't even in the same place for most of the time yeah and i also a vetting strategy that i'd strongly strongly advise women is don't allow men to fly you out if you want to meet a guy and he listens oh to yeah him, good luck with that so, one especially if he's wealthy get him to come to you like meet him on your home yeah. turf where you know yeah. the city where you know if something happens you can always bail um you know you're not you're not trapped in another city kind of thing and i learned this lesson the hard way um you know some people you know criticize me because i used to be a sugar baby but i want to be clear that experience is very traumatizing and i wouldn't do it again uh, and i learned this lesson the hard way that a lot of these rich guys will fly you out to another country wine and dine you to create a sense of obligation yeah and it'll make you feel like i can't say no or i have to do what he says because you know you know he spent all this money on me you know i don't have a choice kind of thing right and so isn't that what scrope portnoy did basically yeah, exactly scrope portnoy girls to his house so i don't even think yeah. he did all that but like my experience too is like in addition to the love bombing aspects of men just like dropping a lot of cash early on is that it, it is uh, so basically love bombing bad but not being nice enough it's also bad hell of guys who are trying to like force you into bed like they're trying to create a sense of urgency to have sex with you and they think yeah. of you as like an object to a certain extent if you let a guy fly you out if he puts a ticket like in your name and you have a return ticket even then even then i don't know if there's something about being on your home turf like for me personally something about like being in my city where i know everything if something were to happen like, i always know like where yeah but like the guy was like i don't want to come to your shitty city well, let's go to new york city and she's like no come meet me in I don't know which one this you know, is. I, I always know I can like bail, like, you know, quickly duck out, uh, you know, if there's like an Sorry. alley or something like that. If the guy's being shady, I know, you know, the actual physical landscape of the city and I could like escape if, if something ever happened. Right. But if you're in other cities, you don't know the area. It's much more dangerous. You don't know the terrain. You always have him fly out to see you if you get to the point later, if you're in a relationship and you fly out to see him, then definitely have a destination and a return ticket and make sure it's in your name, even if he pays for it. Even then... <laughs> It's just because it's risky just because guys are not going to do this stay in the same hotel room. He's going to expect you to have sex with them. That's the other thing. Oh, no. Obvi okay. Obviously, 
if there's just some guys like, yeah, come meet me, I'll fly you out or whatever. And we're and it, unless you are like, hey, can you get me a hotel room? At which my own hotel room. At which point he's gonna be like, no. And then you're gonna be like, oh well, I don't want to do that. And then you don't go. But to assume that you're not gonna be sharing a hotel room. Own hotel. That's the other thing. You pay for your own lodging unless he like offers to pay for your lodging. Offer like even if he pays for your ticket, make sure that you have the ability to. Have- if he pays for your ticket and you're like, I'm getting my own hotel room. Generally, he's gonna be like, yeah, I don't. I didn't want to do this. Actually. Lodging offsite. Yeah. And, I, and actually, if he doesn't offer that right away, just say like, oh, I'm going to get myself a hotel. Just put my stuff or something like that. Make up an excuse about why you need it. Even then, I don't know. I just, I don't risk it. I, for me, it's also a power move. It's like, I want to see if he's willing to come to me. I'm just thinking if, you're, if he does it and it's successful and you want to like switch roles, like how would you do it in a way that would give you the maximum opportunity to escape if it goes bad? I, I would definitely not on a first encounter just fly out to see a guy. Yeah. Let's say like, it's actually like legit. How do you protect yourself? I would say, get the ticket in your name. Make sure you have a place to stay that's not his house. Yeah, don't <laughs> stay at his house. Just don't do the ticket has don't to be longer than like two, three days. Yeah maximum if not two i think two is actually probably max that i would say <laughs> this is actually another huge red flag was that um he said everything's a red flag girlfriend, what's not a red flag and sees that he had changed some of his pictures oh, so he's even active yes I forgot about and that he one. was like oh no i deleted the app never give a man an opportunity to lie to you and i see this all the time where like women they see something they see their man doing something shady and it's like they confront him because they hope that there's some kind of explanation other than him being a cheater other than him being a piece of shit or whatever it's like they want it to work out right and so they'll just sit there and the man of course is just gonna lie like he's, he's not gonna tell you the truth if you catch evidence of him cheating or whatever right he's not gonna be like yeah babe i'm really sorry i cheated I'm like no he's gonna lie to you and here's the thing if you go into that with the mentality of wanting to work things out you're gonna believe him right yeah. don't let yourself get swindled don't give men an opportunity to lie to you okay if you have proof of him being shady like being on tinder after saying after he wants you to be his girlfriend that's your answer, says like he's yeah. on Tinder after you guys define the relationship, right? It's about it's about women being able to trust our intuition. Like something doesn't have to be like you don't you know need to you know catch him in the act like Shaggy before you realize something's <laughs> off, right? If something makes it wasn't me. <laughs> exactly. If, if, if something makes you feel deeply, deeply uncomfortable, then that is that is something that you should listen to, even if you didn't necessarily catch him in quotation marks. But if it's you know made you you know double take, or if you know you feel like he's going behind your back, that is reason enough to cut off the relationship. Yeah, trust your gut, ladies. Like, if your intuition is telling you something isn't right, it's probably not, okay? And I feel like society probably sets women not. up to fail all of the time by telling women... Nah, oh, we s- set up to uplift you, like queens. That. Oh, you're probably misreading it. You're perceiving... I'm watching a female ref in the w- in the NBA right now. Uh, literally, right in this Dallas Lakers game, female ref. Wrong, whatever, right? There's this, like, widespread and individual... There's, like, the gaslighting that's on the individual level as, all, as well as on the widespread societal level. And more and more women need to just embrace their inner intuition because you're probably right exactly every single time exactly. I think more intuition when it comes to a guy it is always ended back rusty smackleford has taken lead it's neck and neck guys get those votes so, in the next part of the story is where i feel like 95 percent of women would have been like you got me fucked up right now which was <laughs> yeah. the whole incident with peter being attacked and those who oh peter right staged pictures blood they looked Peter's real like i was watching i was looking at the pictures like how did anyone fall for this like he doesn't even look like peter down but he looked peter peter down. Down. Like, peter looked, did he look hurt like he looked like he was so clearly acting in the looked pictures real. is it just me or were they were they really bad i was like i was cracking up watching the, the pictures of peter allegedly suffering i mean i do think it's plausible that he could have gotten actually injured i mean he had like actual like scars and stuff like stitches on his forehead and stuff so i think like most oh, likely that can be done oh, that can be done with makeup though that's not difficult like hollywood makeup yeah it looks like, like makeup. Hollywood. I mean, look at hollywood <laughs> i mean they're in the ambulance it looked to me it looks somewhat realistic but to, what i think happened is most likely they got in some kind of physical confrontation either like at the club or something unrelated to it was mm. you know the, they, they could have gotten into he has enemies because of his enemies, quote, quote, enemies, <laughs> enemies. right it most likely it was caused by something else and he, they had, when it happened they're like oh let's just take pictures we can use of this later kind of thing you know yeah maybe yeah, I, I thought the pictures were fake, like, period. But even so, we preach this so we're blue in the face. Like, never involve yourself in a man's business, period. Agreed. Like, best case scenario is just, Stay like, out of our and, business. Up, you're still doing, like, free labor for him, right? And then also... Oh, like, she wasn't talking about figurative business. She was talking literally... Oh. If anything happens, you're now liable. Like, what happened with this 
uh, this credit card scam he ran through uh, Cecilia. He like never invest in a man's business until you're married. The money should be flowing in one direction and one direction only. Okay, from the man to the woman. But also, of all the friends that this billionaire supposedly has, he has to ask a woman he met off. Obviously, that's a massive red him, like, flag. You're like you're a real billionaire. Shut up. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, like that's that's crazy. Like they were only dating like a month. Yeah. Also, the yeah, the fact chicks that are fucking said, stupid. These chicks are dumb. Like, oh, my enemies are tracking my credit card statements. Like that is not how things like work right <laughs> right like if the police can't even arrest you know if the police are so incompetent they can't even figure out which flight he's on so they can arrest him there's no fucking way your quote-unquote enemies are tracking your credit card okay just get a different credit card that's on the bank for, like what is the bank involved in you know <laughs> involved in his uh enemies or whatever like it's just so unbelievable but it was very very odd to me that she didn't ask that many follow-up questions and was just really really scared because of the peter situation i guess he tried to make it seem like she was in danger too yeah. So that kind of that was actually part of it. I think he got her to feel like, oh, I'm I'm kind of in on this, like I'm in danger too, kind of thing. And you know, keep in mind also Ooh, that um, chicks find that hot. Fear is a very powerful emotion, and when people are afraid, it actually like shuts down your ability to think critically like, when you're in that kind of fight or flight mode. And men often do manipulate women's fears against them to cause them to act against their own self interest. A good example of this, you know, in right wing women, Andrew Dworkin talks about how um, the right manipulates women's anxieties and fears uh, in order to you know, get them to put their own interests last and put like basically white men or right wing men, you know, first, um, or to basically prioritize the men in their life over their own interests by manipulating her, their fears and their anxieties. And so that's another thing, red flag is if a man is trying to make you feel afraid, either for him or of him, <laughs> like, or just of other things in general, like that is another huge red flag. Yeah, he sent her pictures of like bullets in the mail. <laughs> like he said, <laughs> he started saying like, they're sending me pictures of bullets in the mail. And, like, that's the time when you go, man, you got a lot going on right now. Talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I'd strongly advise most women. Like, that, that's the other thing. Is like, this is why you shouldn't feel a sense of obligation to men just in general. Because as soon as they start going in with like the oh, I'm involved in criminal activity kind of thing, that's when you go, well, that sounds like you're going through a lot right now. Like, I, you know, best of luck with that. <laughs> Bye. Whoa, no, you want Bonnie and <laughs> Clyde? Another aspect of this um, of this scam, obviously, the the initial scam was with Cecilia was the scam that he ran on Pernilla. So basically, the setup was pretty much the same, except for he took I think he took Pernilla on the coffee date, and then he tried. He later brought his baby mom on a vacation that he took. No, that wasn't a baby mom. That was a different woman. He brought a Russian mom. That was another weird fucking thing is he brought a Russian model with him and then like this other random woman who's his friend. I don't know. Well, just, okay. So yeah. Pernilla said she didn't want to be involved because like he went out to a club and was like buying bottles and was uh, attracting the champagne girls. I think she called them. What did she call them? Basically like the- She called them champagne girls. Yeah. yeah champagne. Like basically the women that like show up when guys are like uh, making it rain at rich clubs and like are only there to keep drinking and hanging out. And I was like, yeah, so that's how you do the it. Bottle like, ladies. <laughs> Champagne girls in this situation were smart. Yeah, just get your bag. They were smart. That's how they do it. Like a lot of these guys, some of these guys have the money they're spending. Other guys don't. Let me put it that way. And then ninety percent of these guys, like you know, they're they're tricking money around because like obviously they're trying to attract women and trying to like uh, if you're if you're trying to have a relationship with a guy like that and he's doing that, he's gonna cheat on you for sure. So first of all, with the whole for for sure, sure. like because he's really in the like ostentatious phase and he wants like he wants the attention on him. But like the vast majority of these women are there for a good time, not for a long time, because they know like what these guys are about. Like they're they're either uh, trying to attract women with their money only, so they might sit around and like hang out for like a couple of handbags. But the only women that are gonna keep hanging out with these guys long term are like sex workers who are like trying to get transactional money from them or um. Honestly, no disrespect to gold diggers. Honestly, think that's a very <laughs> highly esteemable profession as being a gold yeah, digger. I'm, uh, I'm, prof- I'm saying that that's actually a better strategy than this like weird like you know sense of obligation that these other women feel to him, like that they need to save him and loan him money. Like that's just bizarre. And something I saw on Twitter, yeah. which was and he pulled kind of, it off. Made my heart drop a little bit, but I think is correct. Is that it seems like Simon was scamming like the quote unquote regular women so that he could impress the models we actually wanted. So like all of the yep. regular women's purses, they were reaching in their purses so that he could wine and dine Russian models. <laughs> so he yep. could get the woman that he wanted. Yeah, because it didn't seem like Polina was scammed. She just dumped him when he got arrested. Exactly. Like the, and when he, when it when she was searching for the women who were scammed by him and for the first time he went to jail in finland like they look like very regular a few of them look like older women so mm-hmm. this guy was scamming regular regular women and then like uh all his real women he was trying to impress were models so yeah so <laughs> yeah the way that i think men manipulate women's like insecurities is that you know career- by the way i was just checking i think i skipped an episode accidentally 
part one of the 37 things i'm not going back we're women women who are you know over the age of 20 drinking white about, claws you know, women who are maybe not like you know 10 out of 10 attractive a lot of these women feel like that they are made to feel like they're undesirable and that if they want a man that they have to you know kind of go the extra mile so to speak right, I i'm taking to maybe that i'm taking that base. i've been wanting to do it for a while but we just haven't gone around to it and, and how john Meehan used a similar tactic with deborah newell and you know she was uh but she was i think in her 50s and was a career woman and a lot of career women a lot of like you know um women over the age of 25 i guess are made to feel like yeah, they're made to feel undesirable. And so when they do meet a guy who's really into them and he's reasonably high value, they feel like they kind of latch on and be like, they're not made to feel that you know, way. This is my last chance. Um, and they feel like they need to put in more effort into it. That their, acts like that, you know, so, acts like there's like some sort of conspiracy. Relationship to impress them. And it's like, nah, sis, don't let nah, your sis. insecurities, you know, society's like devaluation of you allow you to get scammed like this. It's really tragic. Plus, I think both these women came from countries where like going Dutch is normal, right? Mm. <laughs> so that was the other yeah, subject too, other is the 50-50 thing where... I don't know, like women, it seems like the women are more accustomed to like having to pay for things or like it's normal for men for them to ask for money. Whereas I feel like women from countries where that's not the norm would have like laughed in his face. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a saying in Russia, like a, like a man's wallet is for everybody or is for the group, a community resource, whatever. And the woman's wallet is with all these <laughs> Russian <laughs> proverbs. Yeah, that's like, right? Like if you tried that with like a Russian woman, she would have just laughed in his face, right? But it's actually really unfortunate to me. Yeah, how, you know, Nordic women, uh, German women and uh, Dutch women, yeah, they, they feel like, uh, you know, if they want to be empowered or if they want like an equal relationship that they have to financially contribute to the relationship, right? And so I'm sure these women were thinking like, oh, he's already spent so much money on me and he's a billionaire. You know, I have to contribute financially somehow too, right? And that's another thing, like... <laughs> no, they just got swindled by the Tindler swindler. They're stupid. Never, I love, never once can the explanation for any of this should be like, hey, these chicks are stupid and they got duped. Feeling obligated to men. Like, it's got to be like every sort of societal explanation. Let's reject that feeling altogether. Like, I highly recommend women just shift their mindset such that you feel like men owe you shit. Yeah. Like, don't feel like you owe men shit. You don't. Under well, let's get those votes and we're wrapping this up soon-ish. They owe you shit. They're the ones who are trying to impress you. It's tight. Here. Okay. Is it going to be you know? Rusty or Hinkle McCrinkleberry? Yeah. And then what's coming down like to. where he tried to convince her to get an apartment for him for $15,000? Uh, yeah, so he said after like a month or so, let's move in together. And he basically Ugh. gave her like a blank check of up to $15,000 per month in rent. Mm -hmm. So she was going around all these apartments you know doing viewings and she even put an offer on an apartment i'm not sure how she did that because the houses that she was going around in london are like diplomats quarter basically places that only uh, diplomats who are being funded by their government can afford um i was actually born there just saying just a bit flex. Anyway, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah um so so yeah and i'm just and again it was just that pacing of the relationship was just way too quick and yeah i uh, uh, i'm not sure if the documentary left certain things out because i don't know how she came to believe he could afford a fifteen thousand dollar apartment, you know, for them to. He's a billionaire. Did he send her money? Did Obvious. He, I mean, apart from like the private jet and the fancy dinners and all that, but did she get any like you know money out of him? I don't know. It was just a bit random. That's the thing. It's like the, he was spending his money on her, but she didn't actually see cash. Oh. Right? Did she see any of that money? I'm not sure. If she. It wasn't clear if she did. No, I'm sure he was just using another woman's credit card to buy. <laughs> That's the thing. Imagine, imagine going on a date with a guy and use another woman's credit card to pay for it. Right? Hey. So like all of the money Super he was, based. all the money he was using to take Vanilla on trips was Cecilia's money. That was actually the worst part of this show was that when the part where he's in Mykonos and it's like it's the documentary cuts between like Pernilla talking about all the you know expensive dinners and clubbing and all this like fun travel experiences that they're having interspersed you know cut back and forth with Cecilia like crying over being financially ruined that gutted me yeah again this is why yeah, you don't owe this is why you shouldn't owe shit to men okay because they do shady shit like this yeah men and shit because Pernilla kind of was fine all the way up until she took out thirty thousand dollars of her own money like that's when like most of the rest of the fucking idiot the models would have bounced like oh man i don't have it like it bounced out of his life and enjoyed like the yeah. free meals and everything right because like she didn't pay for anything for a while so he kind of he ran a much longer con on her than he did on cecilia it seemed like all that happened with cecilia like over the course of a month yeah i think cecilia because she she you know mentioned like you know the disney thing and she seemed like the romantic she seemed a lot more gullible maybe so he thought he could afford to do an accelerated pace on her because he saw her as a more you know profitable mark so to speak um whereas pernilla seemed to 
you know, she's going to have maybe not like. By the way, I just saw this is episode 50. So we've made it to 50 episodes, down, everybody. You know, she was like, oh, you know, give yourself a pat on the right? back so or some sort of afford to, to, various self-flagellation that you want to do. If you want to just whip your back until it bleeds. Play the same game with her. But that's the danger. In, and I always say or I've always believed that just because a guy he may not be into you sexually that doesn't mean that he's not using yeah. you <laughs> and you have to be really careful of that you know that's just the danger with i think with um with friendships with men is that generally speaking like men aren't raised to be equitable and fair in their dealings with women and people can apply this context to relationships but for some reason they think that that men act differently in friendships and they just don't like it's not the same so and a lot of women seem to think oh yeah well my male friend he's great because he doesn't want anything sexually which may be true but that doesn't mean that he's not using you in other ways that doesn't mean that he's not you know, taking money from you, like in you know, Pelé's case, or he's not using you as a free therapist what? or a dumping ground for his emotions or an ego boost. Like, you just really, really need to be careful. Are they just like, don't avoid, they're just like, avoid men at all costs. Avoid them when they're friends because they might be using you for free therapy or just, oh, just always avoid them. You need to really, 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 really bet your male friends. I personally can't be bothered to do that on a mass scale. So that's just why I have very, very few of them. See, I have a different strategy for a couple of years. I mean, now I'm in a relationship, so I can't do this anymore. But for a couple of years, I did basically like monetize my male friendships, like my male orbiters. So (laughs) again, same energy that you would have, same energy that I would have in a relationship, right? It's like, don't, don't have any kind of relationship with men whether it's romantic or otherwise if you're not benefiting from it like duh but i can say that the like the male friends i do like keep around bring immense benefit to me but yeah. i just keep the circle small because generally speaking if we're you know if we accept that most men aren't good relationship material then they're also not good friendship material because a friendship is also a relationship just a different mm-hmm. kind they're just yeah. so distrusting of men they just hate men. i mean there's guys that can really afford that lifestyle generally it comes with some kind of price that's the thing there are men there are men that are that wealthy but then there's even men who aren't that wealthy but they just are like the type of guys that do nice things so they spend the money and don't mind like your company behind it mm-hmm. the problem is is first of all not will tell the real guys from the scammers and then like um, all these compliance tests failing them like you didn't recognize the compliance test to know that like you were the mark in the situation wait what right okay okay so like i'm trying to think of like the difference between a rich guy who was not a scammer who wanted to take you out and wanted to treat you the nice things he has versus a rich a quote-unquote rich guy a fake rich guy that was trying to scam you oh how to tell the difference between a real rich guy and a fake rich guy a real yeah exactly because well, there are guys that are scammer, like they're in deep in credit card debt they're, they don't have shit and they're just like they're faking the funk so to speech and or it's a long part of a long con a long, a long scam and it's not just simon that does it. there's been a couple other like really high profile tinder swindlers too of guys who were um essentially like faking that they had a certain lifestyle but they were actually scamming people either through ponzi schemes or like fake business courses and all this kind of oh, stuff not the fire fest. sam bankman free you piece of shit yeah stuff like that yeah exactly but he's a perfect example he scams like men and women he scams a bunch of people he scams everyone yeah. yeah yeah so many people like talking as well. Scammer. Elizabeth Holmes is another exactly. one. She scammed like, you know, fucking, you know, um, is it a five-star general, James Mattis, for goodness sake. Like, uh, uh, like in a dating context, like how you tell the rich guys that are just like treating you nicely. I to, mean, like... first of all, if he's really wealthy, he shouldn't be asking you for money. That's like the probably the first red flag. Uh, I don't care what the reasons are. Incredibly wealthy people are everybody watching. Wealthy. Everybody watching Tinder Center were like, why are you giving money to a guy? Supposed to be a billionaire. Connected with other wealthy yeah. people, right? Dummy. So the fact that he didn't have any other billionaire friends or millionaire friends or whatever to bail him out, to borrow right. money from, he's borrowing money from this like just you know ordinary like middle class kind of girl. That's a sign of a splendid daddy, okay? And if, and if you look at the amount he was borrowing, like to the average person, it's a lot of money, but to a billionaire, like thirty thousand dollars is chicken change. Like yeah. you can probably find that in the floor of their of their mansions or in their apartments. Why is he borrowing quite? Their bathtub is probably worth that much. Like exactly. Why is he borrowing like? And also, he even said to Penilla, "Oh, I can give you one of my watches in um, you know, to replace the money that I should have sent by transfer." It was fake. But it was why can he? Yeah. But if it was real, like why couldn't he sell the watches in the first place? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. To raise money. Yeah, why couldn't he just hand her a stack of cash, right? Because so, she's I mean, stupid. I mean, I'm not kind of blaming these yeah. like, women for not seeing it because I think that the way he he laid up the con, they were so emotionally invested and so worried about him that they just weren't really thinking it like through properly. Because it's true, like, if your friend is saying like, "I'm going to be killed if you know," and I need you know, find this is really no way to celebrate Christmas, guys. Financial help to you know to not die, then you would want to do it. And he just completely preyed upon their caring instinct. That's what I mean. I think 
if it wasn't for FDS, I could have fallen for this scam, right? Like, I actually see, I, I'm not blaming these women, I actually identify with them somewhat. I think it's really unfortunate, but I do feel like society sets women up to fail by, you know, insisting women give men the benefit of the doubt, by idealizing romance, by making women feel like they owe things to men, and that, you know, the whole 50-50 relationship mentality kind of thing, um, you know, concealing male scrotery or, like, downplaying it. Scrotery! It's the scrotery! That kind of thing, right? Like, your default should be to not trust men, and it's his job to earn your trust, whereas... You know, again, like a lot of these women, and I only think that way mostly because of FDS, actually, right? Yeah. Uh, the episode, someone asked, when will this be on Spotify, this episode? It'll be broken up into parts, but uh, next week. If you want, it'll be on Patreon uh, tonight, but if you want uh, for early access. But if you want and on Spotify, next week. These women who maybe didn't get that information or who weren't raised in that way to be, you know, skeptical of men, right? I are so much, so much more easily swindled. And so I don't blame these women. I blame the greater society that allows the, these sorts of conditions to happen. And I also want to bring up like his reaction to when she finally did start setting boundaries and how he started like, you don't want to make me into a powerful enemy and like uh, freaking out. Oh, that was fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. When you're vetting men. Terrifying. He's a fucking pussy. He did that set dude. boundaries early on. This is the biggest pussy on earth. Revealed itself. Yeah. Again, setting, setting a boundary and then seeing how he reacts because a fake rich guy is, is trying to uh, do different things to, to test compliance and your ability to go along with the scam and the ruse more often a guy who probably has the wealth if you turn it down if you don't want to do something if you want to go somewhere else he should be reasonably open to that right there shouldn't be yeah. like a sense of urgency or like a poor reaction to you setting boundaries in the way that simon did so i feel like that was also like one of the major tells is that like she didn't set any boundaries it didn't seem like she set any boundaries with him yeah prior and so then when she finally did start trying to set boundaries she saw his true colors but i'm like if you would have did that shit like up front and even if it was a small boundary like i can't see you tonight Mm-hmm. he would have either disappeared or he would have started to show his color sign yeah like the fact that he, the moment she started to set a boundary he's like what the fuck yeah. is this bullshit and started you know that's another huge red flag in general it's like always beware of people and not just it's not just men who do this women do this too sometimes where um if they get confronted over a lie or you know they feel like they're cornered or something they'll do this like disproportionate over the top angry response uh, yeah. to try to get you to back down to try to get you to you know doubt yourself i will agree on this one yeah um that's another thing that always is like a when the response doesn't match you're like something's up ignition mode thing for me is if i have a relatively minor conflict with someone and they respond by blowing up at me they're probably wrong mm-hmm. right <laughs> but a lot again a lot because of female socialization a lot of women in that situation will be like oh am i the bad guy am i wrong kind of thing mm-hmm. you know like women are taught to internalize blame and and so on right so that, that's the other red flag for women to be aware of yeah, yeah. So that this is like these are little tells that were there along the way prior to him even asking Ugh. for money or even at least the vetting strategy she could have done to like see how sincere this guy was about her, but also like about his entire life and whether he's a narc. If you'd ever responded with like, oh, this is your last chance or I'm not going to be here tomorrow or any type of like threat. That's not a real rich guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The back and forth with his voting, by the way, it's, it's going Hankel McCrinkleberry, Rusty Smackleford at all or even if he is rich he's, he's a, a toxic, toxic person yeah. right and you wouldn't want to date him anyways and in fact like a man who is both rich and toxic are the most terrifying yeah, of sure. all like a, a rich guy who's sort of like maybe bumbling and like you know not like actively toxic generally sort of means well he's, he's probably all right but a man who's both powerful rich and a narcissist fucking run you, you cannot run. okay i'm just calling it right now this this uh competition will end exactly at 5 30 p.m eastern time get those votes in Corey Holder, Hinkle McCrickleberry, Rusty Smack The only way that you can win is to avoid yeah. them altogether. Trust me. Oh, this is so heavy. So what, take, take my word take, for it. <laughs> I learned this. I learned these things the hard way, okay? Uh, by the way, I want to say, I see this as like an educational opportunity. And so when we say like, oh, the woman should have done this or woman should have done that, it's not to blame the woman. It's to be like, oh, these are some things that women should watch out for. Because, you know, these women, they Everybody were very brave actually in coming forward. And they got a ton of backlash. You know, tons of people calling them gold diggers, gullible, dumb. Oh, I mean, they're literally gold diggers and idiots all at once. Money, she deserved it, that kind of stuff. So it took a lot of courage for these women to come forward. And I'm really glad they did because 
it's and you know they, they wanted to make it so that other women wouldn't get scammed by him and i want to sort of take that a step further and not only do i want women to not get scammed by simon i want women to not get scammed by any men right like this needs to be widespread knowledge for all women yeah. all women need to know these things and so i'm actually really grateful to these three women for coming forward with their story um because it's so easy to you know to call these women stupid they were dumb because the amounts are you know, very astronomical, but how many people, you know, watching this documentary have, you know, loaned somebody money, whether it be a friend or... It's or, not the same thing loaning your friend money versus some random you met on fucking Tinder. Whatever, and they're going to get it back. Like, uh, there are so many... Rusty Smackleford takes the lead ...women again. who are basically doing, you know, what these three women did in the documentary for men every single day. And it's only because the amounts are a lot smaller that people aren't talking about it. <laughs> so I just want to talk about the finance side of it and, you know, in terms of the fact that Cecilia gave him her credit card the fact she was taking out loans in his um you give, you give him the fact stupid that transferring huge sums of money to him even though he had to pay back the original sum um you know i worked in finance for an extremely long time and one of the golden rules was that trust nobody when it comes to money mm-hmm. and so i don't tend to um sounds like they don't trust anybody like in terms of anything own but... money i give money so if somebody says you know can i you know loan 20 quid i'll be like no you can have it and this might sound weird, but it allows me to set financial boundaries because if I cannot let that money go, as in if, if I would be in trouble if I didn't see that money again, I just say no. So if a guy did ask me for five thousand pounds, I'm not going to give him five grand, so it will be no. Like a high value person, that like he wouldn't ever be comfortable with you getting into debt on his behalf or asking for money. Period. What kind of man like asking him for money? He, yeah, he was asking this woman. Yeah, that's the thing women do to men: pawn her car to sell her house. Like the audacity. Period. But at the same time, he knew because yeah, he's a scammer. In fact, he even suggested that she takes out loans. Uh, Cecilia, that she took out loans after he maxed out her credit cards. A high value man would actually never do no. that and if a guy is comfortable with you getting into debt to help him that means he's not planning on sticking around because you know why would he want to marry somebody that <laughs> he's just yeah. saddled with debt and that's a good point unfortunately cecilia fell into point. the trap of believing and she even said like you know well i'm his girlfriend of course he's gonna come to me for he's money. a billionaire sis <laughs> It's a dangerous way to think when you are with a man because ultimately you are taking out the loans in your name. The credit card is in your name. That means the uh, the liability for paying back the debt is a hundred percent on you. And the thing is, um, you know, people were asking on social media, "Oh, he's not going to prison yet. Why not? Why not?" And it's because the 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 transactions that he got out. He didn't do anything illegal. These women, so (sighs) Celia's credit card and the transfers, they were done legitimately. As in, like he didn't, you know, nick her credit card and start using it. She gave him the card, and every bank will tell you not to do that because even if you add an additional card holder which you can do up to four people um the person whose like, name is on the credit account is 100 percent is 100 percent responsible for the whole bill so you know you might be thinking that you're doing bonnie and clyde but actually he's just running up debt in your name and he will and he can and often do they will leave you holding the bag i mean i've known so many i used to see all the time in the bank where a woman would take out you know something like a phone contract for her partner because he um he couldn't get credit which by the way if the bank wouldn't loan somebody money or a company wouldn't loan somebody money because they're too high risk then neither should you by the way yeah but in this scenario his enemies were after him and he had no choice Yeah. They were that's watching his credit general cards. financial lesson, like, because ultimately as well, like, if people default on their loan to the bank, like, they've got buffers, they can, you know, they've got the means to pursue somebody and make their life hell for not paying it back. I mean, you don't have those means. You can go to a small claims court, but it's a long process, and ultimately it's a civil matter, because the bank will see that Cecilia authorised the transactions that she did. She said that she did them. If she tried to sue him, there would be all these recordings of her being like, oh, yes, I'm spending this money kind of thing. Like, she would have no case. And also, she gave her card to someone else. Like, yeah, and I'm like, I said, I would straight up <sighs> at that point call the credit card company and say it was stolen. Like, just straight up, like, cut your losses. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's what she should have did. But you guys just, you just have to be extremely financially savvy and just trust nobody when it comes to your finances. Your credit is 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 something that belongs to you and only you. Like, don't let any person, whether that's a guy, a you know, family member or whatever, screw that up for you. Because like now, Cecilia, she's still got like eight, you know, creditors um, on her back for the remaining amount because the bank want their money back. Just not a risk that you can for to take and personally i've never seen a scenario where a woman has taken out a loan for a man and it's ended well yeah you as an individual never loan someone money unless you're willing to lose that money if you can't afford to lose that advice. money don't do it it's like where do you yeah i've never heard like you said i've never heard of a situation where 
a woman has taken out a loan for a man and it's ended well for her. Like until unless, the only exception I can think of is if you're married and you get a mortgage together or something like that. That maybe makes sense. Um, but even in cases where you're married and she, like you know she's paying off his student loans or you know a lot of guys like. Well, we got a call. I wonder who this is from. I don't know if this is one of the people who want to just call. Well, this episode is going to be over in shortly. That. And you know, people them. hate on SES for saying we don't date, date broke bums. But here's the reality: is like just due to like male nature. <laughs> a We're gonna open up the phone lines after this episode. Men will exploit you. That's just how they be, right? Like, you know, if you don't want to be financially exploited by a man, like, I mean, you can be financially exploited by a rich man, but you're much, 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 much more likely to be financially exploited if he's a homosexual. We used to get like what? so much oh, shit. Homosexual, like, everybody. He would be like, Hobo. if he created a transaction, they'd be like screaming at us down the phone. Saying, you know, why are you asking me my date of birth? Like, I actually give a shit and not just I'm just doing my job. But it's to protect you. Like, at one point, American Express, they were blocking the transactions because it was clearly flagging in their system that this is abnormal, you know, activity. This so, chick's a fucking idiot. That, that's what flag went off. And she got on the phone being like, no, unblock it. No, raise the limit for my. No, raise the limit. Yeah. And it's just, you know, yeah. like, you, just have to, you just have to protect your finances so, so well and don't let any man anywhere near your credit for. I mean, I don't care if his, like, pet is going to pass away tomorrow if you don't send him the money. Like, you just need to protect yourself. And it's not, sometimes it's not even true. Like, if a guy's in distress and he can't access funds, sometimes it's not always true. <laughs> I'm in distress. My enemies, they're after me. They're after Peter. Send me $70,000. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something out of a religious a religious film like you know like when they're like praying i don't know if you if you got this red gray got enemies got a lot of enemies and they were literally like praying to like to, to cast out the devil all night that's what it reminded me of uh, enemies wait what me non-religious me non-religious person not understanding the joke what it's, it's just like because i like, in because i grew up in like, in like evangelical like baptist place there was a lot of almost i mean i call it for example negative praying where they pray against their enemies to not destroy them as opposed to praying for like happy positive yeah. stuff so they would spend oh, all night casting out demons and anyone <laughs> fucking can someone cast out these demons from my life i've done this to myself i don't even i don't have anything to complain about i remember my dad told me this <laughs> my dad told me this story years ago of how... <laughs> sorry i think i think like, get those votes in we don't have much time like, one left. Of us, like, stole one of his <laughs> So one of his drinks or something and he was like okay if no one owns up to it i'm gonna read this verse in the bible that if i read it then the person who did it <laughs> will like shit themselves in Brooklyn. wait so you shit says, themselves if you don't tell me who it is i'm gonna pray and then the person who did it will shit themselves in public <laughs> in public it's like humiliation it was complete bollocks <laughs> but yeah it was stuff like that there's um, a lot of stuff in the bible where like uh like the prophets like curse their enemies and stuff and so like a lot of- <laughs> yeah, <it's> just- <laughs> yeah. So when it's like my enemies are after me, just like my enemies, it just reminded me of something out of like the Bible or religion where there's just this like like vague conspiracy to destroy him. <laughs> oh god. Even, even now, like he's still saying this documentary is my, my enemy. Yeah, he said, I'm gonna sue you for defamation. This documentary is my enemy. I've been torturing myself since noon. My enemies, my enemies is like having is like having haters, right? Like right. so just think of like the ridiculousness of being like my haters are after me. <laughs> Oh, Rossi Smackleford is pulling away here. He's up two points with my just minutes to go. Get those votes in. If you haven't voted, <laughs> top right corner, vote away. <laughs> But that's what I, I think that's what Ro was referring to when he says his, his scamming scamming skills were mid. No, but it's just like, I mean, it's kind of like a televangelist, right? Where they're like, if you just buy this blessed water for $13,000, all of your enemies will be vanquished. Yeah, yeah. The Lord will be sure. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but televangelists are scammers, right? So that makes sense that they would use the same tactics. I mean, honestly, we laugh, but but that's but that's exactly what happened. Like that happens in churches all the time. It's not even a televangelist. It's just like that is so common just to hear like if you pay five thousand pounds, all your problems will go away. Like it's it's really really common. So they pass the collection plate around and they'd be like, as much as you give, that's how much God is going to pay. Five minutes left in the in the poll. And did you ever get like um like the priests or the pastors in the church like eyeballing how much everyone gave? It was like. Like judging you <laughs> for how much you give. Oh, like, my grandfather used to, for that reason, he used to break like um, it was like a, a for example, like the equivalent of like a hundred dollars into like one dollar notes and just put in like <laughs> ten notes. So it looked like he was putting in more. It's like how great is your faith <laughs> when it's putting in ten dollars? <laughs> they always make, they always tell you like if you really believe God is great uh, and He's here to vanquish your enemies and put you up on the mountaintop to you to see your success and be exalted among others. Put seventy five thousand dollars in the collection. <laughs> yeah, if you really believe in God, you'll drain your bank account. You know, if you're really a Christian, you'll you'll give you your entire paycheck. No. <laughs> There's what people this do. To honest, I think we should do an episode about religious scams because I can honestly see parallels between one. Um, what Simon did and you know what happens in the church. So they'll often also start with like the church sob story. I don't know if you had it as well, Ray, but I went to a church, my uncle's church, and I was in Nigeria, and they had a special priest for offering. So the music went to like that, you know, that sad church music. <laughs> and yeah, the sad like, church organ movement, maybe like yeah. And they were saying like, oh, the building's falling down, and you know we may be able to like basically started like the whole like you know bullshit pressure, and then oh, That's we need you know so one million naira, so we need to raise it like today. Um, emergency. <laughs> yeah, it's the same tactics. Honestly, if you don't same... donate money immediately, that ceiling fan above you that's gonna fall, and <laughs> it's God's way of telling you yeah. to donate money. You know, you have to do it today, or else you know God's mad at you or something. I don't know. Like, I mean, the last thing I would also like to to say on this as well is Jeez. be aware of the forced teaming aspect of when a guy uses a we too quickly. Everything that was the other thing I noticed actually. When I wrote the down we. like him saying like everything we are going through, everything we're going through together, yes, exactly. it's gonna pay off later. I'll make it up to you. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's really spoken about extensively. Sped up. Fair by Gavin Beck, which is a very good read. But basically, like, be aware of a man, um, you know, quickly using the the we and like doing the force teaming like too soon. I, I get this a lot. Actually. Force teaming is a new term. Just I'm like, what's we? Who is we? Who the fuck is it's we, motherfucker? And in this case, in the case of the Tinder swindler, is to make them invested in his, I guess, like non-existent problems. So they will be invested in being a part of the solution to it. I well, I want to talk about the ending and why why it's so great. I want to talk about why. Okay, first, other the only thing that made this not a happy ending for me was the fact that he only spent five months in prison and three minutes now, left. Like, he's back on Instagram flexing, and he has an Israeli model uh, girlfriend kind of thing. And I'm like, girl, like you him. know what this guy's like, you know his, his deal, right? Like how says how how could you fall for this? Clout, she's clout chasing. Uh, maybe yeah, but still, I'm just like, yeah, girl, like why? She's clout chasing. I, I'm kind of pissed off at any woman who would date him at this point, just because it's like a betrayal. I see it as a betrayal to female class solidarity. Uh, the whole reason why these women came out, these three women was because they wanted his face to be plastered all over the place so that, you know, other women wouldn't fall for it, that shit. And so the fact that women are, he's still being rewarded with women dating him, that kind of pisses me off. But I, I want to talk about why this is a happy ending, mostly, in my opinion. Um, first of all, like, the part where the three women, like, joined forces against him, I was like, Yeah, hey. except nothing happened to him. It just makes me feel except like... Except he had to leave America. It's just a very important reminder that like, we, as women, individually, we might be weak against men, but together, we will be unstoppable, okay? And it's, to me, just a lesson so in like the importance of women being able to compare notes. Hey, you know, what the three women did when they finally got together, they did the same thing that we do on FBS, which is like, oh, he did this to me. No way, he did this to me too. It's like a sort of like a Me Too kind of moment, right? And once you realize like, hey, this guy's playing all of us kind of thing, that's when you kind of like can turn it back on him, right? Get those votes Eileen, in two I mean, minutes left. <laughs> selling his clothes yeah so basically with eileen uh she figured out that even though he doesn't actually have the money so she was dating him this entire time she'd been dating him for over a year when he she was, was, one who was with him the longest she was with him for 14 months yeah, yeah. and she was dating him when he was uh gall- gallivanting with both cecilia and pernilla and then she she finds out that he's a scammer when they publish the article about the tinder swindler and of course he denies everything etc etc she confronts him about it but uh because uh he got cut off from his regular credit card scam he didn't have any money anymore so he kept asking eileen to send him money and so what she says she's gonna do is to sell all of his clothes 
She's like, I'm his only person left. He has no one else to turn to. I'm like, power move, 100. So she starts selling his clothes, but she never. She, she says still she has fucking got rinsed right? by so one minute. Progressively more aggressive, progressively starts freaking out, and then Ugh. like, like a psycho, yeah. It's going tough. back and forth between like psychotic behavior and then trying to like coax her tough. into like you know, oh we're together, oh baby, I love you so much, etc., etc. So he, and then he becomes the homeless king. <laughs> yeah, from Prince of Diamonds to homeless king. <laughs> I'm homeless king. <laughs> He's staying in one star hostels and stuff. Yeah, I, I, the thing yeah. that I thought was the most entertaining was her ability quick, to like pretend to be cool with him, and I, I do this sometimes too with men, uh, often in um in like an off in like an office environment is I'll be friendly to guys who are either hostile 30 seconds. or seconds um and men are fucking dumb like they just can't tell like oh i could just be to his face being like ah like that's so funny kind of thing in my head i'm like i'm gonna fucking destroy you and you don't even know it kind of thing and they, they can't seem to tell right so I, I thought it was really hilarious that she was like pretending to be cool with him just to get him to meet up with her so that she could fill three suitcases worth of his clothes and resell them i don't think because she ended up running up like one hundred forty thousand dollars debt for him so she didn't actually manage to pay back um what she had right but because she worked in the fashion industry she was able to resell his clothes for you know a decent amount i think it's kind of a bummer that her scam of him was way more high effort than his scam of these women <sighs> right like it's a lot of work actually selling all these items on online and stuff and it's like hundred dollars here two hundred dollars here that's it by the way everybody right? that's the poll uh, your winner by a narrowest of margins rusty smack i give it up for rusty rusty wins the 50 bones rusty dm me hit me up with proof i'll send a venmo or whatever works for you your way right but I do like I do very much like the idea of like scamming the scammer kind of thing. I was like, uh, Queen. I also love the imagery, just like from a cinematography standpoint of like her ironing his clothes to resell while she's reading his phony ass letter. Like his letter about like, oh, we're in this together, babe. I love you so much. Blah blah blah. And at the end, she's like, uh, cry me a river. Uh. Ugh. Okay. More women need to have this energy. Seriously. All right. So do that's they? our show. Please check out our website, thefemaledatingstrategy.com, as well as our Instagram. At okay. How is episode fifty? Of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. We made it to 50. <sighs> Pretty pooped, I'm not going to lie. W what are we thinking? We got one more in us? I got. I, I could do one more if that's what we want. If we want one more. I, I In my mind, I was like, I'm doing this. We're going to 8 p.m. And then now I'm like, this is killing me. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard. Uh, but, you know what? I'm going to go grab a drink. I'll be back in a minute. Last 30 seconds. I'll open up the phone lines. Be right back. We're back. Um, all right. Phone lines are open if anybody wants to call in. Six four six seven. Oh, you know what, actually? Do I have the right SIM card in here? I think I do. Pretty sure I do. Six four six seven ten zero nine uh four nine call in, although I think I maybe put the old SIM card back in. Could be wrong. Um I don't know. We have a lot of voicemails, though. Uh, well, you can try calling in. I I'm not sure. But we want one more. Okay, we'll do... Is that what we want? One more episode of The Queens. We can do that. Uh, I don't know. That's the right SIM card. That is the low-value mail line. All right. This, this, this our boy has been calling us all show, so even when the phone lines were closed. Hello! Hey, buddy. I'm what? just uh, working the low value mail, but uh, How, how's it going? Yeah, I, yeah. You feel like you got it in you to do another episode? I got one more in me. 
I'm, I'm, you're sure, man. You're, you're scraping the bottom of your soul right there, man. I'm, really I'm, I'm, I'm honestly a little wiped, but it's fine. We'll do one more episode. Well, I can appreciate the hell out of that fourth yeah. tube, man. You got to be proud of that bullshit. That's yeah. Crazy. You sound like Boomhauer. I sound like Boomhauer. Yeah. You know what? I, I ain't mad at that. You know what I mean? I'm from a, <laughs> I was I was born in Georgia. And I live in South Carolina now, and I pretty much goddamn am Boomhauer. You, you sound like Boomhauer. Um, well, cool dude. Ain't a ain't a bad thing, man. I like calling in, fucking with you, man. You're a cool dude, and I appreciate that. Hell yeah, man. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna bang out one more episode. Appreciate you uh, calling in and watching all day. Goddamn right, man. You push it, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. All right. If anybody else wants to call in, otherwise, we're gonna watch one more episode. He he did sound like Boomhauer, right? Is that Glock? That was Glock. That was Glock. Uh, oh. All right. Wait. The calls be rolling in. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's Gilly from Florida. What's up, Gilly? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Hey, I got a theory for why number one is always losing. Yes, let's hear it. I think it's um, middle school theory. It's uh, first is the worst, second is the best. You know what? Third is the one with... After Tuesday, that's exactly what my girlfriend said. She said that exact same thing. But wasn't third? What, what's the third one? Uh, either treasure chest, treasure or chest. That's, chest. That's what she yeah. said. Treasure chest. So, so yeah. did he? Did third win the fifty bucks? Third uh, did win it this time. Yes, third won it this time. Second won it last time. Okay. So so far we've had, we have one, two, behind. and one, three. I'm trying to play catch up. Yeah, yeah. So third, just one. So that's where all right. Well, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, all right. Well, thank you for the theory. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Wish you a merry Christmas. Have a good one. Bye. Right, okay. Imagine like ah, such a hard podcast to listen to. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's listen. Hey, to FDS one. listeners. One more Are episode. You- uh, it's Love is Blind season two is proof it definitely isn't. I've never watched Love is Blind. Looking for a new true crime podcast. No. Please have happy endings. Who needs enough? Hey, Queens. Are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon mugs no. and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS podcast Queens. Meanest female only podcast on the internet. What's up, Queens? Know- Hold on, let me turn the speed playback speed on 1.5. All right, last episode. And then you have to go hang out with your fucking families. Doesn't that suck for you? Um, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm not hangry. I just ate. I just, I can't take anymore. It's, this is just too much for me. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All that I'm, stuff. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. All right, we're going in on Love is Blind this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going to be an extended roast of scrub, so sit back, buckle up, and enjoy it, ladies. We've only watched the first five or six episodes because the second set only came out last night, so this is part one. This is part one. And I've then never we'll, watched this, this show, so... First impressions, and then we'll see how everything shakes out at the end of the season. So stay tuned. Yeah, I think for this episode, we're going to focus on, you know, what are some of the early red flags, some of the early tells, some of the early mistakes that the, the women made. And roast the <sighs> absolute <sighs> shit. Out of every single man, um, yeah, practically on that do show. Do we skip this? I don't, do, do we care I think we're about go this? Couple by couple, but the, the first, even in like the first, I had some Chinese soup. 
That was it. No food. Five minutes of the first Just episode, close. there was this one guy who I guess got cut from the show. He was like, I've never been in love except for my mother. And I was like, red fucking flag. I can see why you didn't get picked, okay? Gross. Gross. Okay. Anyways, let's, let's talk about a few of the one-off characters like Trish. Yeah, Trish. Yeah, the so many Let's talk about left. Trish. <laughs> I have so many friends. Okay, yep. first of all, Trish and Shane are literally the same person, except the, the, she's like the female version of Shane. They're both real estate agents. They're both blonde and they're it's both like narcissists. 60. Right? All right. And they're both, they both- Everybody's saying skip, so I'm fine with that. Hold on. We got to find out where we're at then. Oh, actually, I don't need to do that. I'm not operating at a peak right now. Uh, okay, so that was... There's so many episodes still. Oh, my God. Okay, that was Love is Blind. Next one is Dr. Jessica Taylor and the Queens on the nuances of victim blaming. Not listening to that. Love is Blind Season 2 is proof. It definitely isn't, so we're not listening to that. The pros and cons of cohabitation with men. Okay, that's what we're going to listen to. We're, we're skipping. We're making some ground, though. Uh, we're going to listen to this one. This is going to be the last one. And then the next one is Can Men and Women Be Friends? That's a good episode, too. Hey, ladies. Are you looking for a podcast that brazenly advances women's pol- No. What's up, queens? Welcome What's to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. Yeah, so today is going to be our great cohabitation showdown. So it sounds like me and Savannah, we've been on Twitter the past few weeks talking about cohabitation. And this is one area, I guess, where me and Savannah disagree in a very stark way. So I'd like to I'd like to get Savannah to say her opinion first, because I think hers is more controversial, which I think is based, by the way. But so, Savannah, hey. what's your on living with a man? In an ideal world, I mean, this is, um, this is like, if I was in a utopian world, I would never live with a man ever, even if we were married. We Someone asked, have... can I play this at uh, a slower speed? What's the slowest speed that's possible? Either... I completely separate houses. This is like... Clockwork Orange fucking eyes taped open. Holy shit. That's what it's like to take a laughing gas, kind of. So in an ideal world, yes. I mean, in the UK, it's hard to get one house for less of two, but uh, but at the barest minimum, we would have separate bedrooms and separate bathrooms. I <laughs> personally think it's really important for, you know, even if you're in a married couple, to have your own space. Like, uh, my parents, they're both at home, and they don't spend all day together in the same room. They actually have their own little... Um, like how do you call it their own little you know parts of the house they go into for the day um mm-hmm. and i just would and i very very much like my own space like i look at my bed like each time i think i live with a man i just look at my bed which is king size and i just think i'll have to give up 50 percent of this and i just don't want to like <laughs> you have the whoopi goldberg defense so then a king size bed yeah i just get really really like tetchy when people are in my space i'm not saying like i wouldn't stay for like a weekend or even a week like like when my ex come and visit me um i would you know be in like his house for, like a week or he'd come to mine and that was fine but i just wouldn't do it permanently like no so um <laughs> oh, that's wild like if a dude said that they go like yeah i have a king size bed but i can't think of sharing and people would be like what friends owns um a house and there's like um a second property at the back of it and i was like that'd be perfect i can have the main house he can live in the little because <laughs> <laughs> isn't that is it like oprah and stedman's arrangement like she lives in her, the main mansion he has some kind of house out back on her ranch dude Queen. stedman is living the fucking <laughs> life right there <laughs> what <laughs> a move for yeah, stedman and also like and also from a practical standpoint as well like i've asked my um you know people who are married or who like live together okay so if you're in a one bedroom and you both have an argument where are you sleeping and they're just like oh we share a bed or i sleep on the sofa i was like fuck that like if you have your own house you can just go back to your house and sleep peacefully without having to, you know, you have to see what somebody you think is currently so what, like, Savannah wants to, shit. I don't understand. So, so Savannah's saying like, she's going to marry some guy, and or she's just saying she's going to the man sleeping right next to you. Away. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's my, um, and it's just off the table with a boyfriend. I would never consider it with a boyfriend ever. Yeah. Not so, is, is this going to be like a pros and cons episode? 
Are we doing a full on debate? Well, no, Savannah's going to say her part. I will say my part. And then, Rope, since you've never lived with a man, I've never lived with a man. So, that's crazy to me. By the way, when Rope told me, I've never lived with a boyfriend, I was like, what? I was like, I've lived with almost every series. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just because the city that I live in is so expensive, but like the entire point of dating, the entire point of dating in my city is to find someone that you can split rent with that you can also fuck. Like, that's the whole point of dating. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say as well, like, you know, Romantic. my position is is a bit more nuanced and I would never do it. Um, it also, you know, we'll come to this in the episode as well, but I do think there may be some exceptions and circumstances where it's in a woman's benefit to perhaps move in with a guy. Um, but for me, generally, do you think worth the squeeze? Okay, so even, like, price of, you know, cost of living notwithstanding, like, even if I could afford having two houses, I'm just the sort of person, maybe I'm just, like, a stage five cleaner like that, but when I'm in love and when I, I'm in a relationship with someone that I actually like, I just want to spend all of my time with them. Like, maybe not all of my time, but I want to spend a lot of time with them. Like, I really like uh, and this is another opinion that maybe gets me in trouble on like separatist Twitter. I guess is that you know I, I love like Twitter? cuddling. I love falling asleep in each other. Separatist Twitter. Separate houses wouldn't even be enough, right? They want men to live on another planet, basically. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> or not exist at all. I mean, I think guys are behind. Not this. Planets, so I'll be like, no, not enough. There needs to be different solar systems. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> different galaxies. No, no, no. But for, for me, like, I just, I honestly, when I'm in love again, I love like cuddling. I love falling asleep in each other's arms. I love waking up in each other's arms. I love cooking breakfast together. I love like just being together like not all the time but a lot of the time i just like it like i, I, don't, I don't know um yeah. i do also like my own company so yeah it is important to have your own room you know i like to have my own room where i do my hobbies or whatever or just like go out with friends like just by myself and not with my boyfriend and where, so on right or you know where do my hobbies and my man hating obviously when i'm at work for example i'm not with my boyfriend and so on right um but i don't know i think the whole point of being in a relationship is like is that the person is that when you're with that person that they're high enough value that they add quality to your life you know like being being like single should be great but you know obviously your life should be happy when you're single as well but like i would never be in a relationship with someone that i hated or that detracted from my life right so when i'm in a relationship and they add value to my life that's why i want to spend a lot of time with them right by the way make sure to like the stream and all subscribe and all that stuff and if you're listening on spotify or apple music whatever leave a review and uh yeah thank you so that's that's that but then again like that's just me. Like, if, you know, if other women, you know, don't want to live with their male partner all the time, then that's fine. The other thing is, like, not all men are great that's to live with. Some men just do actually suck at cohabiting, especially if they expect you to do all the chores. Like, in my relationship, I cook, he cleans, and so that's how we, like, split, you know, house chores and stuff like that. If I was ever in a relationship with a man where he wanted me to do all the cooking and the cleaning, I'd be like, no, fuck that. And it would be a huge turnoff and would make me seem as, like, sort of a child. You know, like, man children, it's like, yeah, I can't stand men like that, right? So, yeah. There are men who, some men who are just so shitty that living with them is just not worth it. Yeah. But if he, if he pulls his weight around the house, I think it is worth it to live with men, but that's just me. Well, no, as they say, is it was it uh, a distance makes the heart grow fonder? <laughs> that's true, actually. Yeah, I guess I'm somewhere in between you two because I'm kind of like Lilith for like the first three months, and then I don't like sleeping next to anybody <laughs> for the first three months. <laughs> yeah, like three months. I'm separate separate blankets. All over them, yeah. and then about three months is when I want to physically get as far away from them as possible when we're sleeping. Like I don't even like my dog sleeping in my bed because I feel like my dog takes up too much room. Like he's not that big, so. <laughs> I, I know for sure if I were to ever move into the guy, I've never done it so far. We would have to have at minimum a California king bed if we were going to sleep together, like a wide bed. So that it's- see, I like when we're both in the same bed and it like creates this, it creates this like cavern that like forces us to be closer together. I like that, but I'm a fucking weirdo. So again, not no, everybody. I don't think you're weird. I think I think it's just I'm just cuddly like that. Your bed's too soft. <laughs> cuddling either but it got i know i dated a guy too that always used to fall asleep with the tv on and that just was so old to me too that's why i'm like oh, you can't sleep over here okay, that's annoying, <laughs> it's like if you need to sleep you need the tv to be on when we're sleeping like this is never gonna work yeah no i have a strict no tv in the bedroom rule the bedroom should be for sleeping and sex only and no eating in the bed that's the other thing yeah see i think uh, yeah i think that's another thing for me is is um is people's sleeping habits they can be so so different so for example i sleep with a bedside light on um like i'll eat in my bed i don't have a tv but but someone else they might sleep with the light on be very very different and also that's you know nothing mental. as well is just like the snoring some people snore so loud that i just can't sleep 
See, I'm the snorer. He's the one who has to put up with me snoring. So, I mean, yeah, my ex was a snorer and I think he actually had sleep apnea, but also be- the size of the bed for me is not He's relevant. It could be a twin size. It could be a California King and I'm still going to colonize 90% of that bed. It doesn't matter. Um, Colonizer. <laughs> like whatever, whatever amount of bed we have, I'm going to take 90% of that. And most of the time the guy just puts up with it. Cause again, the benefits of living with a woman are so high that he, he just puts up with my shit. With being in a little bitty, tiny piece of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> being practically falling over the edge. <laughs> Okay, so how do you guys handle situations where one of you wants to go to sleep and the other one doesn't, but you don't necessarily both want to be outside of the bedroom? Everybody's ragging on Savannah for eating in the bed. I couldn't say anything. That's just too low-hanging fruit. Because that's also a thing that drives me nuts. Like, if I'm ready to go to bed and then uh, my partner's just walking around behind me (laughs) doing whatever, you just Um, put absolutely everything outside of your room. Because I have, I mean, I have my electronics in my bedroom. So you just, like, do, like, a no electronics in the bedroom so one person can't be on the computer or their laptop. By the other one sleeping or no TV in the bedroom. These chicks are fucking just tons of rules. Living with them is just s- subscribing to so many rules. See, I'm usually the one who goes to bed earlier. And so in that case, I when I want to go to bed, we're going to bed. Like, it doesn't matter what he wants. <laughs> we're going to bed when I'm going to bed. And if he wants to go to bed later, he can exist outside the bedroom and has to sneak in really, really quietly so as to not wake me up. That's the rule. So you don't have any, but I'm exist. saying you don't have any electronics or anything in your bed. So like, he's not reading in the bedroom. Because like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're asleep and then the other person wants to read or watch TV or mess around on the computer or be on their phone yeah, he does that in the living room if he wants to be on his phone or whatever he can go to the bathroom and sit on the toilet on his phone so basically you make your bedroom a place where you can't do anything but sleep whereas yes. like i'm a person that likes to do a lot of things in my bedroom so yeah <laughs> same see maybe i'm just a bedroom tyrant like that i'm like we're gonna do what i want <laughs> yeah tyrants. it's gonna be on my terms <laughs> my ex has had like a whole sound system like set up in all these ladies are his bedroom <laughs> so it was like he would so like he would i would go to sleep in his bed and then he'd be up like playing music but he would have his headphones on so i couldn't really hear it right so he'd be playing okay that's not so bad as long as you can't hear it that's what's important but yeah but it's still some of those things i'm just conscious as another person moving around in the room maybe i've just only dated people who've also had stuff going on in their bedroom as well as i do yeah. they're not just sleeping in their bedroom yeah you want to be in your bed right it's comfortable, comfortable so maybe that's what it is like it's just not practical to have electronics in the bedroom or two sets of electronics with two different people like you'd almost have to put a boundary in place and be like the bedroom is only for sleeping yeah, so that's, that's exactly it. I have rules around the bedroom. And if he wants to live with me, because again, living with me is a privilege, he will obey those rules. Again, that doesn't sound like it is. I have to do that too, though. That would make me change my habits. That's why I'm like reluctant. Like, that means I have to put all my shit out of my bedroom. <laughs> so maybe it's like a, a living together etiquette thing. Uh, like, how do, you, how do you cohabitate with high etiquette with another person in a way that's comfortable and realistic for both of you? And then two, are there like pros and cons to actually cohabiting? Obviously, the big pros are saving on money. Yeah. But then there's some cons as far as like women feeling like they fall into the wifey role without the actual wifey title. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the other thing. There's actually a post on the subreddit that I might, maybe we'll pull it up and talk about it because, that I saw early in my FDS days. And that was like a total game changer for me because it was like, never live with a boyfriend until you're married. And me having lived with almost every single serious relationship I've ever had was like, how dare you personally attack me like this? Yeah, that's part of my aversion to living together too. I can't see myself seriously living with a guy unless we were engaged. And a big part of that is because I would have to change because I would, yeah, I would have to start to worry about him all of the time if we were living together yeah. in a way that you don't when you're living apart. Right, because then you're you're truly making decisions for two once you're living in the same space. What? Yeah, I agree, and I think it's too easy for, um, especially if you move in to save money. Which I think, if you live in a major city like you know London, where rents are absolutely it's it's just essentially criminal, like how expensive it is. But it's just too easy to get into a situation where your um you know where your living situation is basically tied to your relationship. Yeah, it's definitely risky actually, and I, I, that's actually another reason why a lot of women find themselves in abusive relationships is because if you live in a city where it's really expensive and you can't afford to live on your own, a lot of women will feel like they have to put up with bad treatment or bad behavior from men and that they can't leave otherwise, you know, they'll be homeless. So, yeah, I think it's important to have lived on your own before you live in a relationship with a boyfriend so that you know you can handle it and leave because yeah, there's maybe yeah, this inertia that's you've never yes. lived by yourself. Like it might seem more of a hurdle and it might seem a little bit scary if you've never Shut done it before. Up. And that's I mean, and part of my version to live with anybody is just because I had roommates at one point and I've had both. I don't know if someone has do I have PTSD yet? No, but it's it's tough. This is a tough listen. I thought drinking and smoking weed would make this better, but it's not. 
Molasses says, Danny, talk about living with your chick. I've never lived with a woman I was dating before. It seems like it kind of sucks. No, honestly, it's great. I, uh, it's it's uh, both male and female. This girlfriend, I hadn't lived with one. I hadn't lived with a woman for like ten years. It's good. It's honestly a lot of. A lot of good things about it, and I, I mean, I'm not the type of person who... I w- it'd be nice to have more space, but that's kind of a New York City thing in general. Mel roommates, and I was like, oh, no, I can't be doing this. Like, after a while, uh, when I was younger and broker, and then once I could afford to live on my own, I've lived on my own ever since. There's so much roommate drama I've had over the years, and even the ones that were nice, there was just times where I was like, I'm just kind of tired of looking at you, and it wasn't like anything personal. It's just like... <laughs> a roommate, do you share a room? Is that what it means, or do you share rooms in a house? You share rooms in a, a house or an apartment. So we weren't living in the same room. Oh, okay, flatmate, okay. It's like flatmate, I guess, is what you say. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, roommates are a little different for me because with roommates, it's like you, it's more sort of like consensus based. You're all equals. You have to like, you know, it's a fair and equal partnership and all, and all that. Again, I'm in yeah, the home. The I'm tired. I'm like, no, no, no. This is my house. Sounds like a nightmare to live with. Though, even, if it, even if it's his house and I'm moving in with him, as soon as I live with him, it's my house <laughs> because I just, again, women engage in like nesting behavior kind of thing. Or at least like this is what I tell men so that they have to put up with my shit. Is that like when women move into a place, they have to like make it their own home. It's like, you know, feminine nesting behavior or whatever. No, that's just you. Or then he just like does whatever I tell him to do. And then, um, yeah, like if I want the walls painted a certain color, we're painting the walls a certain color. If I want the things to be a certain way, if I want him to throw out his big old ugly armchair, we're throwing out the big old ugly armchair. I don't know. It's like sucks. Funny enough, I've done that to men's places that I haven't actually lived in. I've just... See someone talking about this and then saying that they're suffering from medical misogyny, and I'm like, I don't know. If you're bringing any of that energy to the doctor's office, I could see how this is a good problem. And like, I don't like your decoration. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I said so. Yeah, I just didn't like it. And then so we went. Like, I, I remember multiple times specifically going to like the home store with boyfriends and being like, Yeah, we're gonna make your place look nicer. And telling him to buy stuff because I'm like, if I'm gonna spend significant time over here, I need to be um, wallowing in comfort. No, that's exactly. And I'm like, yeah, if you want me to spend more time. And the thing is, is like, I know a lot of people probably listening to me thinking I'm like a horrible person, but honestly, the men that I date, they like, they like spending time with me too. Okay. Like they're mostly fine with going along with whatever color I want or changing the trim on the fucking door frames or whatever, whatever like minor <laughs> detailing I want to do to his house. They're usually fine with that because again, like they're like, well, okay. Like as long as she's going to be coming over every day and like cooking for me and like we're going to be fucking every day. Like for him, it's worth it too. Okay. So yeah, maybe we should do like a pros versus cons debate. So the first pro is obviously you save on rent. Yeah. Yeah. That can be like quite substantial. Um, especially like we've said, if you live in a big city or if you can't yet um, afford to get your own place um, because especially, I don't know how it is over where you guys are but at least here even if you want to yeah. rent a place like because I remember when I was looking um, for somewhere to rent and I was like losing two couples um, even if you're renting estate agents prefer if you if you apply as part of a couple mm-hmm. um, than if you apply as a single person because they just see it as well you've got dual incomes as opposed to one that's interesting I don't yeah because uh, you're both on the hook that's true here or not yeah, yeah I know I lost out to a couple of couples because I was applying on my own they would always ask oh you're applying with somebody else and I'd always say no because the landlord basically they get to pick um, and it's, it's probably the same if you want to buy as well because you know two incomes are better than one yeah if you want to buy a yeah. place yeah yeah if you want to buy a house it's easier to get a mortgage if there's two incomes rather than one yeah so but then the, the big drawback to that is dependency dependency but also on the mortgage is like if you split up then you have shared debt which yeah. shared debt is really 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 hard to get out of so yeah i def- i would yes we covered this in a previous definitely episode. never ever ever buy a house with a guy unless you are married yeah like when i worked in finance i'd see this all the time happen to one of my managers she um like her like forever boyfriend she was a forever girlfriend no for like eight years um, is it forever like what you call dogs when they get their last home he convinced her to buy a property boyfriend. they did and then three months later he left her for another woman so she i think she had to be bought out but she ended up losing about 20 grand um like she never got the money back because they were a negative equity i have another horror story actually a friend of mine they were actually married um but they bought a home she bought a homestead she basically married this guy um because he wanted a homestead and she wanted to do homesteading and they had nothing else in common like there was no other compatibility <laughs> yeah, like our boy who called in on the earlier other than both wanting to be little little house on the prairie kind of thing um <laughs> so they bought a homestead together like they spent a couple of years like building it up making it exactly how they wanted it and so on and like buying animals together and like this it was like this whole thing and then they the 
the relationship just got slowly more and more toxic. Eventually they had to get a divorce and like, yeah, like um, they had to sell the homestead for less than what they bought it for, by the way, actually, because the housing market was like really hot when they bought it that and sucks. it has, has since like cooled down a bit. So they actually lost money. And like, not, not only is it like, did they lose money on it, but now they're sort of like, um, you know, they spent all that time building up their sort of dream house and like they weren't able, she, you know, she tried to buy him out and it wasn't mm-hmm. possible and stuff. And so, yeah, she lost her sort of like dream house after spending all that time. Yeah, shit, sometimes it doesn't work out. And right. So that's the other risk too. That's the other thing is like, make sure before you buy a house with a man, even if you're married, make sure you've done your due diligence and have like vetted him and like have done as much work as possible to be able to uh... foresee future problems and prevent divorce from happening you know like don't just marry a guy just so that you can have someone to buy a house with there's a pretty funny episode of tiny house uh this is like have you guys ever seen the tiny house like no, YouTube seen it. stories no. but it's basically no. it's basically kind of like that where it was like uh, um, a man and woman made, met on a dating app and then she really really wanted some guy to build her a tiny house and so he builds her this tiny house and then you could tell that like he doesn't want to live with her anymore but like she's all in on this tiny house oh, built it. Oh, it was, like they didn't know yeah. each other for very long before the they house. moved in together and like they're they're showing off their tiny house that he built but like she's all in on it but he's kind of like basically sarcastic the entire time about the fact that he just met this girl off of a dating app and then built her a whole home and she's still complaining and stuff and it's, it's actually pretty funny but uh, i'm gonna need you to share the link with me because i want to see this right after yeah, because i can yeah. find it um so okay so another pro to living together is in theory shared domestic labor in theory even though that's not the case often in practice apparently um married mothers actually do more domestic labor than single moms like in terms of hours per week because when you have a whole extra person to clean up after who's not pulling their weight mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. i'd say that's a pretty massive con actually in most cases um but there are some rare circumstances where if a man is pulling his weight uh, especially if like someone like me like i like cooking but i don't like cleaning so if there's someone i can delegate i'm that- curious what they're gonna conclusion they're gonna arrive on i guess like i wonder if they'll change their mind at all or if they're just pretty undesirable task too I will take that option. I'll be honest. I've been the messier person in all of my relationships, but that's because I have a million hair products and makeup products and everything else. Their fucking dumbass description for this says, is saving on rent uh, worth the potential drawbacks? Should we all be doing it Oprah style? Yeah, I guess if you all have a giant house behind your mansion that's empty. Like I'm a woman, right? So I have more. Every single guy I've dated has like had very simple clothing. They're they're stylish, meaning like they focus on their clothes, but everything's like very neatly organized. And they have just shirts, pants, sweaters, right? Whereas when we have dresses, short dresses, long dresses, formal dresses, uh, casual dresses, etc., right? And then when it's in the bathroom, they have like a small collection of grooming products they use, like their hair stuff, their shave stuff, the three in one shampoo. Yeah, and then I have like curly hair shampoo, straight hair shampoo, glosser, um, uh, blow butter, blow dry butter, okay, body butter, yeah, yeah, body butter, blow dry butter, everything. So just like a million and one beauty products, and so. Even when I go over their house, I have like my away bag and it's just full of beauty products uh, and stuff. And then I have to like consciously keep myself from spreading it out all over their sink. Yeah, same, same. Like my, my makeup, then all of my like my uh, my hair types. Bitch has got a lot of stuff. Whenever my girlfriend, whenever we go anywhere, like the bathroom within three hours looks like someone's lived there for 10 years. Specific stuff. So I'm like, if I'm going to wear it straight, I got to bring, okay, you got to bring your heat protectant and your hair serum and your blow dry butter and your blow dryer and your brown brush and your paddle brush and your flat iron. <laughs> it honestly feels like you're like a portable like hair shop when you travel or go somewhere. Yes. Portable. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of the thing with guys I've dated where I have to say that I've been the messier one, not because I'm like filthy or anything, but like because I've just had so many more things yes. than them. And it's at times been annoying to them. Yeah, okay, again, from my perspective, he just has to put up with the things about me that are annoying. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, so I don't care about that. Yeah. You're all perfect queens, so it's a win, win, win. But yeah. It's okay, so shared domestic labor and cleaning, but stuff, what about things like cooking and laundry, et cetera? Because I've never lived with a guy such that I've had to do his laundry. I've stayed over and cooked with guys, but I only ever do my laundry and he does his laundry. We do it. We keep our laundry separate because we do our laundry differently. So that that I've never done laundry for a man. I just do my own laundry. Cooking I, again. I like the act of cooking, and it's not like a <laughs> wifey material kind of thing. No, it's like I actually like the physical process of making food. It's meditative to me. It's relaxing. Every meal I make for myself, if I'm single, is a gourmet meal. And when I'm in a relationship, it's I still make gourmet meals for myself, and it's like 
okay, he can just have some of my food kind of thing, right? That's been hit or miss with me too, because I've dated guys that are really into fitness, so they have a very limited amount of things that they eat. Okay, well, those guys are annoying, so. And then I've also dated guys who are chubby. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pro and a con. Like, I, I, my experience with the guys that cook all the time and like where they like eat a diverse method, like I do. If I'm over their house, they tend to clean. If they're over my place, I tend to clean. And that's, we just split it that way. <laughs> and that's just how I've always worked it out in my relationships. But the guys that were like I mean, basically ate sense. bird food, I ended up cleaning because they didn't eat. They'll have like a, a veggie shake and a sandwich. Okay, no, those guys, I categorically reject those kinds of men. I, I mean, I've dated those fitness bros, and I just, I can't be around them because it makes me feel, I get like an eating disorder by proxy. Um, so no, I just don't, I, if he has like, if he's one of those guys that only eats like lean chicken breast and like broccoli for every meal, and like brown rice, brown rice, chicken breast and broccoli. So they eat out all the time. Like they basically eat, I'm trying to think they eat, they have coffee green smoothies and then like yeah like a, a salad or something they would get from like uh, like a whole foods bar or something like that so they just weren't guys that cooked regularly and they just ate like birds <laughs> no I, don't, I only date guys that are not picky eaters like any kind that's the other thing is like uh, i eat a wide variety of food so any man who has any kind of dietary restriction immediate next like that's another standard of mine man has to be a flexible eater if he's like have any dietary eat- restrictions vegetables like next. yes no muslims well, if, he's, if he's vegan next uh if he's a car- one of those weird carnivore diet he's guys, muslim next next they actually he's one of those like high protein never eat a carb or a gram of fat people guys next uh yeah i only date guys i only date guys who eat a wide variety of foods because i also eat a wide variety of foods and so yeah most of the time the guys just like happy to eat whatever i make and what i would make for myself anyway let's hear from savannah on this one um and yeah so how'd you guys split like cleaning your place or cleaning like laundry and stuff because that's the other thing too because like i didn't do any of that shit for any of the guys i did i'm like you clean your is shit, this yeah. a dating strategy are we still doing dating strategy? So one thing with men that I highly recommend women do is not move in with a guy who has not lived with himself before. Yes, because that's, agreed. Because that's like a really important thing. A lot of men, if they're if they've only ever lived with their mom or a girlfriend, they often have like no idea how much work it is to maintain a household. So that's another one of my standards when I'm dating is like I'll only ever date or move in with a guy who's previously lived by himself before. Most of those and and not just has he lived by himself, but he's had to have done a pretty good job of it too. Like if I go to his house and it looks like a shithole, also next. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely a vetting strategy. I, I highly recommend. I would never be around a guy who I, I feel uncomfortable in this place. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, straight up. He has to do a good, reasonably good job. It doesn't have to be like perfect, perfect, but like it can't be a slum. Okay. Yeah. So you don't you don't want to be with a dirty pig. Let us remind everyone. <laughs> no dirty pigs. Throw back to the episode with Savannah's mom. <laughs> we just like to take a moment to thank the sponsor oh, actually, of this episode, Davy no. Piper. If you're looking for comfortable I so I guess the betting strategy would be there. Make sure if you're gonna move in with a guy, he's already lived by himself. But also you should oh. always live by yourself at least once if you can swing it yeah i agree having the ability to know you can live on your own and then if anything goes on in your relationship you'll have that confidence built in whereas like sometimes i feel like the the leap from living with roommates to living alone can be kind of daunting for people and make them stay in relationships and it's also about you being able and having the confidence to set boundaries because when you are living together with somebody else especially if you're like living i just feel like a a broken man right now stars may not mesh you're gonna need to communicate and, and to set and uphold new boundaries as well and it can be it can be sometimes difficult to do that if you've always lived in other people's spaces or you haven't really just had that experience as well and now that i'm thinking about it too like because i have i have a lot of siblings there's also a certain level of awareness that i have about other people that some of my boyfriends who've had one or two or maybe zero siblings don't know like what i mean you, I, I found that every guy i've dated that didn't ha- they either had a sibling that was much older than them and they weren't like um, they didn't grow up together and were used to like having certain levels of hang time between when things were perfect or not versus guys who had siblings there's like a difference so one guy for example like when i would get out of the shower like sometimes i would drip water he just would freak about it and i'm like yes that's why we put down towels you know like that's just kind of a normal thing but i'm like i have hair and you don't right but he was an only child so oh Oh. yeah no that's another red flag is like any man that freaks out over anything that i do especially minor things that's another red flag that's another next another quality that i look forward to men is being is like being um like patient or just not freaking out over minor things crazy because she's the one apparently the only one of them with a boyfriend and he must get bitched around well he's not used to there being any mess at any given time other than his so like that's kind of the thing with if you have siblings or if you've had a lot of roommates then you kind of get used to the fact that sometimes things aren't perfect not gross 
and not like a person not pulling their weight, but like, I feel like it's perfectly reasonable if you're just getting out of the shower, the shower bathroom's going to be wet, right? Yeah. No, my boyfriend has two sisters. So I mean, like, he knows what it's like. Okay. He knows what it's like to live with women. He's chill about it. So I mean, and that's another thing I look forward to men. It's like, if they've only ever lived with uh, either no siblings or only other lived, ever lived with brothers, a lot of them can be weird about stuff like, you know, like periods or whatever. Right. And can be kind of immature periods are gross. Or like that. So yeah. Yeah. It's important for a guy to have had siblings, ideally also sisters, but yeah, that's another thing to look at. It goes so quickly from dating strategy to just a bunch of fucking, you know, like, what are they even doing? Um, what's another pro of living together before we get to the cons? So they're winning, right? By the way, they're they have broken. Like me having down. sex every day. When I when I like my boyfriend and when I am physically attracted to him, yeah, I just like fucking every day. That's just like how it be. So yeah. work, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like if he's good at sex, that is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. I'm trying to think how we mostly worked it out. Like, yeah, I guess it, it is kind of a bear, especially how um, depending on how far I lived from the guy, it could be like a couple of days before we had sex. But then sometimes the anticipation to me was good. So you just meet up and you just fuck all weekend and then you go about your business. I don't know. I, I guess I, it felt like I would miss them more because they weren't there every day, but then I've never lived with a guy. So you have no basis of comparison. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Do you ever get like fatigue? Because again, once again, I, it's about three months before I'm wanting the guy to like not be sleeping in my bed on a consistent basis, <laughs> even though it's not even every night because we don't live together. Uh, but even if it's like every other night, I'm like always mentally bracing myself for the fact that I have to sleep with another person. So like, even if I, we were having sex every day, I wondering if I would still have the same, like just touch fatigue, you know, with that person where I would feel like, okay, I need you to be on the, I, I like having sex with you, but after we have sex, I need you to be like on the opposite side in the corner in a little ball so i don't know if you're here <laughs> oh, see that's a problem that the second property would solve because you can still have sex every day but then he, he just retreats to his side of the house and i retreat to mine that's it yeah i just get i do like the side of the houses thing i do like touch that fatigue idea. i don't know how to explain that yeah, yeah i see what you mean yeah. i very much like savannah's ideal situation of like having two houses on the same property kind of thing um i here's the thing even though i like living with my partner at absolute minimum i would want to have two bedrooms i could not live in like a one-bedroom apartment or a small space like that or studio apartment agreed agreed god yeah. no like i need to have like a second bedroom and have that be either like a guest bedroom or like a hobby room or tv room or i don't know so literally any room that also has a bed just in case like i don't know maybe i need to get up early in the morning or you know if i'm just like feeling particularly tired and i just don't you know oh and the other thing is like i don't like living with men if they're a very like annoying sleeper like because i am a pretty light sleeper so i need a man to sleep like a corpse um if he sleeps like if he's really like moving a lot or talks in his sleep or does any sleepwalking that's another next for me even if he, <laughs> that's, I, I know that sounds mean like oh but he can't control that kind of thing it's like i don't care i, I need him to sleep like the guy day. who she has right now must be an absolute saint Body, literally um because you know if he doesn't do that then i'm sleeping in his upper bed Can you believe I that to, i need to get my beauty sleep she has somebody yeah <laughs> sorry that's a lot to take in <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> i'm not disagreeing i mean yeah I'm trying like, to even the other two are like, like holy fuck how i would chill. prefer a sleeping arrangement and I, yeah, I think i would want the option somewhere in the house where i could sleep by myself yeah so i think i agree we would have to have like two bedrooms i think we're all in agreement on that yeah and not even if you're mad at your partner but sometimes you, yeah just touch fatigue or if one of you sick because mm. the other thing too is like it's gross if one of you sick yeah that's true and you just need them to be in another place so I'm pretty sure as well, like, in the Victorian times, it wasn't the norm for, like, rich or, like, upper-middle-class slash rich couples to, sh um, but to share a bedroom. Like, if you're middle to upper-class, it's actually quite normal to have separate bedrooms. I was going to say that, because I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of places in the world where people only have one room, and they do literally everything in that one room, but they're less developed countries. Even in, like, more developed countries, if you're poor, like, my great-grandparents, when they were... <laughs> my great-grandparents, when they were out colonizing... It's so shit, funny, because they're, they're, like, like, single, they're saying like, this, is like, yeah, it's pretty normal. Like, you know how many fucking couples in New York City share a studio apartment where they just have a room? Like a house, right? Like, it was, like, one room where they, yeah, slept you know the kitchen was there everything yeah there's one room there they did everything not only do they share a studio apartment they spend thirty five hundred dollars a month on it like legitimately they're talking about oh and if they wanted to uh you know go to the bathroom there's an outhouse kind of thing but yeah okay so do we have any more pros before i move on to the cons no i think that's all the pros that i can think of were there any pros what were the pros i think i remember one splitting the rent then it was just them complaining for like fucking 25 minutes. So I think the big con, and this has been there backed up a lot there? of research, is that if... Did that sound like we were just listening to a list of pros? 
if you move him in the guy, it gets much, much harder to convince him to, to propose, right? And to True. make some momentum towards marriage because once again, he's getting all the milk for free so he doesn't have to buy the cow. So the old school advice about not moving with a man unless you're planning on being married, I think holds firm. Or like, and, that's, and that's how I feel about it too because I'm like, I'm not making decisions for two people unless these two people have committed to be with each other for the rest of our lives or in some massive amount of concrete commitment because I feel like the minute you move in together, you start to go into that mode where you're now thinking for two. Whereas if you live apart, I'm making my decisions based on what's best for my life. You're making your decisions based on what's best for your life. And you converge on certain issues, yeah. Yeah, and it's fine because you don't give a shit because you don't live together. But once you start to live together, you start having to make joint decisions. And to me, that's like where, okay, you better be trying to put a ring on it because I'm not going to just keep making decisions that benefit you or, or compromise with you without any type of return on that. And there was actually, um, just off the back of that, there was a really interesting study that was shared quite some time ago on the subreddit. Um, and um, I'll link it in the show notes as well. But they basically found that, um, uh, that within the sample size of the men, they found that 52% of cohabiting men between the ages of 18 and 26 are not um, like certain that their relationship is permanent. And a large majority, so 41%, um, they reported that they're not completely committed to their living girlfriends. So actually, a guy wanting to move in with you by itself is also, it isn't a sign of commitment or that he's committed to you, even though that's how it's often presented oh he's serious about you let's move in together that's not always the case as well yeah it's mommy mcbang made and convenient pussy subscription yeah th th what you're saying is reflected in this reddit post it was one of the posts on fds that i saw early in my days and i was felt really personally attacked by it um <laughs> but yeah saying that men who live with their girlfriends see them as a convenience um, exactly. and not as like a real equal partner right and and um from some of my friends who've lived with guys you'd be surprised at how much guys will live with you and still make decisions for themselves yeah that's why you need to have some kind of firm commitment before you move in with a guy because he's still moving as if he's making a decision for what's best for himself, even though you live together and you're not, you're still not technically a joint as a couple, even though I think most women would see it that way. Yeah. And I think a way to perhaps to potentially vet for that is if he does bring up moving in together is to find out why. Um, if it's all about saving money, then he's still making decisions in his best interest, if that makes sense as well. Mm -hmm. So, but if he, you know, says, or, you know, like my, um, um, you know, if he says, for example, I want to be closer to you or something like that, then that's perhaps deeper consideration. But if the first default is he just wants to save money, I don't think that's a good enough reason to move in with a guy because he should be financially stable anyway and he should be able yeah, to live probably. on his own ideally true yeah he should be able to live on his own ideally so that's one big con so the other reality and the other big con to you me is that okay but... if you break up you have to move out all your stuff every time i broke up with a guy i have all the shit i've had his house been like in a box or a bag and then i just leave right versus like me having to make a big dramatic exit with like a moving truck etc you know and if, and if he's a piece of shit that becomes even more tricky because you gotta try to move out when he's not there if you're scared of him or anything like that or just bring a bunch of your friends like what i did with my last relationship is bring a few friends just to just be in the parking lot come outside we're not gonna hurt you no okay <laughs> <laughs> just in case you decide to throw hands you got more people on your team yeah start leaping a little bit start becoming a boxing kangaroo <laughs> check our patreon content um, like i just feel like it's so much more dramatic if you break up and you live together right oh for yeah sure. it's a huge pain in the ass Nightmare. that is true here's the other thing too Nightmare. there's a couple of men i didn't get in relationships with because they were still living with an ex when we met what, wait what? What? yeah where they were like listen like we can't break our lease till this time so it's i'm gonna be living with her for like four months i wouldn't even date a man like that fuck that well i didn't know i didn't know until like they told me later about their living situation so that's where i was like okay yeah, i'd dump his ass no yeah that's where i was like i didn't end up dating them because of that where i was like yeah your life's meant like you know my motto right now it's like yeah it sounds like you got a lot going on it sounds like you're going through a lot right now <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's my out for everything at this point because i just don't want to deal with it uh, <laughs> so but yeah that's that's another it's thing too painful. is that okay let's say you do break up and both your names are on the lease and then um you could it could go on your credit report to try to break your lease and and there's all sorts of financial downsides if you need to leave or you could do it the other way where only one of you is on the lease and then there's always a risk that he like wants to kick you out or does something like that you know like something foul like that or doesn't pay rent and then you're the only person on the hook if you're on the lease and he's not yeah exactly see the way i've dealt with that in the past is i'll get it so that we have a co-signer that's one of his relatives but not one of my relatives so that way like um and it's like a relative that like he wouldn't want to piss off and so if if something goes wrong or whatever you know he can't just like bounce and like you know leave me with the rent or you know like basically uh, my name's on the lease but i'm not um 
it's kind of this like thing where it's like if you're going down like we're, we're both coming down and i'm gonna bring down one of your relatives kind of thing so oh, it'll like end up more heavily tough. like the consequences will weigh much more heavily on him and also don't put yourself in a situation where your name's not on the lease because that also puts you in a bad situation so i'll say the reason why i've been over the, the situations guy is because are bad. i once rented an apartment from one of my boyfriend's friends fathers and what? that situation turned out to be a nightmare because of the fact that like that the, oh, the men God. owned the building was like emotionally unstable mm. it was a really really bad situation and so it always left a bad taste in my mouth where i'm like i don't like this situation where it feels like okay i'm caught between like this is my boyfriend's friend i'm trying not to like be so far one pro splitting respectful of this entire situation at the same time like some things everything else around here are toxic and then i felt like really like bullied and i wasn't getting all the support i wanted from my boyfriend but like this is like his his good friend and like their close families etc so then i felt like the odd person out mm. and so then i left so every situation for me when i look at the idea of moving over the guy i don't like that power imbalance like i'm just straight up like no i'm never being in a situation where a guy has the power to make me feel unwanted or like kick me out in my own home and then to uh, obviously the things i said before about like just not wanting to commit to making decisions for two people if we're not on and get married like putting it down legally so yeah oh, yeah and I, again that's another point that was brought up i'm, I'm not going to read the whole reddit post we'll just like i guess leave this reddit post in the show notes but yeah one of the points was that uh, when you move in with someone like that you do lose power like you do lose like i guess negotiating power especially yeah, yeah if, um the scenario that you described that puts definitely more power in his in his situation well in that situation too the reason why i rented from because he gave it to me to a steep discount but like that's the thing it's like sometimes it's too good to be true it yeah, probably is. yeah that's sometimes what happens i was like oh like the reason why it's cheap to live here is because he's a nut job and you can deal with certain aspects of his like toxic personality yeah so that's the thing about it to me like i have such a bad taste in my mouth from either roommates guy that would bad, or a situation where make that trade you'd be like yeah he's toxic but rent's good or i wasn't even living with my boyfriend i was living in an adjacent way to someone related to my boyfriend and that was fucking toxic and i was like there's just no way i could ever be in a situation again where i didn't have like complete uh, control over my domain we're almost so the other there. big 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 con to me is like let's say the relationship's over how do you start dating again what do you mean like if you're living together just move out but if moving out isn't an option as well especially like we've said because if the rental market is crap or you haven't saved for a deposit um because you know whilst i think it's always even if you are living with somebody you um you sort of have to almost act like you're living alone in, in the sense that you know have an emergency fund and all that jazz but it can be a while before you get somewhere suitable potentially for some people yeah i have, I have a bunch of people in my phone that i could just crash on their couch for a few weeks if i needed to so i'm good i've always got a plan b that's the other thing is always make sure you have a plan b somewhere you can go relatives friends wherever if you god forbid if anything were to happen happen even if you just had an argument somewhere you know oh, i'm staying with my sister i'm gonna stay with my sister tonight something like that you know yeah, here's the thing goes up well. i mean some people literally move states to move in with their partner yeah that's insane i'd never do that <laughs> that's actually my problem too is like Dad. i don't live where my family lives no. so like i have some friends i could probably crash with but also they have boyfriends and girlfriends so it's yeah, like exactly. that would also be weird so i don't live in proximity to my family so it's not easy for me to just like pack up and leave and sleep or stay with one of them yeah same yeah and then once again like if you're moving with a guy like you're basically saying i'm in this to win this too and like you're not I don't know how to say it like this, but like you're almost cutting yourself off from the opportunity to even date anybody else if you're not sure about the relationship. So I'm just so against like moving in with a guy you're not 100% sure you're going to be committed to. Because then I feel like, okay, just think about the amount of time it would take you to like, okay, we're in a breakup and you have to leave and you have to like set up your place and your new apartment, et cetera. Yeah, and like yeah. you're just not, you're just We've off the market all, all the time. Been yeah, there. Know, it seems logistically complicated to me. Yeah, it is, there is a definitely an opportunity. Yeah, it's not ideal. Living with a man, especially if he's not married minded. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, if I were to move, I, I don't, I live by myself currently. Um, even though I've been in a relationship for like two months, we have like talked about like oh should we move they, together i've been like holding off on that because i don't i don't think i would live with a man again until we're at least engaged because and then if he wastes my time and makes me be engaged to him for like two years or more then i end the engagement because yeah i don't want to be in a situation where i'm i don't ever want to be in a situation where i'm where i'm living with a partner for like years and years and he's not proposing to me and just sees me as like a forever girlfriend i've never lived with a man for more than a year at any given time though so there's that uh, there's some mixed uh, research about whether or not cohabitation increases your chance of divorce and decreases your chance of marriage most of the studies up until like 2018 2019 said that cohabitating before marriage both increased your likelihood of divorce as well as decreased your likelihood of getting married in the first place or 
guess the second one being pretty obvious in that men feel like, oh, why should I buy the cap and get the milk for free? And the first one being that sometimes prematurely moving in with people creates a false sense of intimacy because you're moving in to like, you know, share bills, et cetera. And then you don't actually realize how incompatible you really are. Mm. Like, so then why creates, continue like, on with it? That inertia, makes no sense. Rather than like you're actually, like if you move in together and it's a nightmare, then like, well, actually, uh, you're like we moving in together because you now? love each other, you're ready to get married and you feel like you're long term compatible. So I, there's a study here I have from like Institute for Family Studies. So it says you might think the question about the link between premarital cohabitation and force would have been settled long ago, but researchers have been puzzled about it for decades and the puzzling lives on. Part of why the issue draws so much interest is that the vast majority of believe, people believe that living together for marriage should improve the odds of doing well, even though the research has not supported that belief. This is an update on this long-running saga of research on the cohabitation effect. So in 2018, there was a study that uh, contrary to the growing consensus that premarital cohabitation was no longer associated with greater odds of divorce, although it had been associated with poor marital outcomes for decades. So, and I think some of this is because it's become so common that the, the risk has been diffused a little bit because the people that used to cohabitate were like quote unquote high risk people, but now high it's become a little more common, common, but what do you mean? Wait, what are high risk no people? No person's people illegal. Who, um, we're more likely to like not believe in marriage or something like that right or like people who weren't likely to get married in the marriage first place is just a piece of paper yeah. yeah let's do another episode called title marriage is not just a piece of paper it's not it's not so it's it seems like now they're saying that cohabitation before marriage was associated with a lower risk of divorce in the first year of marriage but a higher risk thereafter so uh, they mm -hmm. noted that living together before marriage to give couples a leg up on the very start of their marriage because there's less of an adjustment to being married and specifically living together but they found this advantage to be short-lived other factors related to experience may take over from there such as how cohabitation can increase the acceptance of divorce so and it's pretty, it's pretty muddy. I mean, we'll go through this, like this article a little bit more detail and parse out what it is, but like there, really? there's conflicting uh, studies on like what exactly cohabitation does. And then what are the outside factors in each, yeah, in, in the conflict. particular individuals or in the couple I that think makes them more likely thing. to get divorced if they're cohabitating or less likely to get married. You know, so I don't think you need to just get married. One right is pretty much uh, everyone agrees that if you just stay with a guy with no commitment, he's going to keep that ride going for as long as possible. He's going to uh, keep that gravy train for as long as he can. Yeah, exactly. The first it's one, not a gravy train. They act like it's like, what is this gravy train you're talking about? It is not a gravy train. It's just, I don't know, maybe for some guys it is where it's like, you know, it's, it's good, but I don't know some guys like, unless you're living off of you, like one is a little bit less clear, but like, why, why do couples that cohabitate get divorced more often than the ones that don't? And it could just be that maybe the religious ones, because they don't believe in cohabitating, you know, are more likely to stay married, but it's not conclusive. So, oh yeah. I wanted to talk Gravy about, train. you know, what are the strategies for women? If you currently live with your boyfriend and you're in a forever girlfriend situation? I mean, I think move out like, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like Straight I think up, yeah. you, yeah, I think you give him um, an ultimatum say like, I'd like to be married by X date. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, you bounce. I mean, it's tough because a lot of women will be like, there's the sunken cost fallacy. So they think like, oh, you know, we have so much time together. We've been together for so long. It's so hard to move out at this point, right? That's a strike for cohabitating them because you don't want to get in a situation where you're like, I have to keep investing in this relationship because we built this whole home together, etc. Exactly. Like you don't mm -hmm. want to overinvest with no commitment. So all cons. Cohabitating is all that, cons. That exactly, to me. exactly. Yeah. So I would strongly advise women, you know, if you're in a situation where, you know, you're, you've been cohabitating with a guy for long and you want to be married and he hasn't taken that initiative to propose to you, I would say, yeah, you don't have much other you don't have any other option realistically other than continue to put up with not being married and not getting what you want which obviously not good for women yeah you have zero leverage then yeah you have zero leverage once you've moved in with him or the lever or the leverage is going to cost you more because then you'll have to move out you'll have to yeah. actually make a movement yeah exactly well, like it's, you have much more power when you're not currently living together and he has the desire to, to gain the benefits of having a woman oh, live with God. him whereas once you're actually living with him there's a significant loss posed to you as a woman if you want to move out so yeah and a lot of men a lot of women do actually give men ultimatums like this and a lot of men like call their bluff and then don't propose and then you're in a situation where you know you either have to like follow through on your ultimatum which well, that's then, what like, the bluff uh, is about cost you or you know a lot of women will just like wear their clown makeup and will just continue living with a man who hasn't proposed to them and doesn't want to and when she wants to and you know her needs are not being met right so how do you incentivize a guy to keep like dating you so to speak the thing i would be worried about too is like if you start to live together you start to become roommates and he doesn't feel like he has to try anymore either yeah right so that's the other thing you lose that leverage where once you've moved in if he just stops to being the romantic guy and starts treating you like a roommate then how do you you're not his wife 
your, his girlfriend technically but the, again this is why i've had a lot of roommate. situations where i've lived with a guy <laughs> for less than a year i've never lived with a guy for, for more than a year because usually he gets too comfortable or he stops putting in as much effort and then i leave and then he usually gets like oh sad and texts me months or years later crying and begging me to come back and i'm like no you had your chance and you fumbled it so it is what so it is and here's the thing is a lot of men don't even realize what they've got until it's gone and so you know nothing you can say to him in the moment will realize your value you know until he until you actually leave and then he yeah. loses you and then he's like oh shit i had a really good thing going and like now i don't have that thing going anymore so you know that's just sort of the tragedy of cohabitation but it is what it is so yeah. it's almost like you have to let them know the benefits before you get in because if you don't make that benefit cost them something then it becomes an entitlement for men and that's the scary yeah. thing about cohabitating yeah men have to know happy wife happy life okay so if you know i'm sort of the sort of woman where it's like it's just extortion he makes an effort to make me happy his life will be awesome. If he doesn't make me happy, then his life is not going to be as awesome. And so he's very much incentivized to make my life awesome. That's what a partnership is. Like you have to be motivated to make that other person happy and you have to be motivated to work as a team. Yeah. And like I said, I think my experience with my some of my friends who live with guys <sighs> is that sometimes they are not, they're living so together, close. but they're not really a team. They're like roommates. And like I said, so like mom and Bang Maid, where he's kind of doing his thing and she's just taking on that, like all that wifey role and wifey stuff. And he's never made a commitment to her. So some of these guys just flat out live like they're single, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know, going out to the club. Um, <laughs> um, and so I just, I feel like I would be really, really hard pressed to move in the man who didn't have a, a time frame for a committed, legal, legally committed relationship. Yeah, so I definitely advise women um, only live with a man if you're getting, ben- if you're actually benefiting from it. Like, don't sign up to be a mommy McBang maid. He has to pull his weight in order for it to be worth it. If he is pulling his weight and he is investing in you and he is making an effort to make you happy, then yeah, it's a wonderful, mutually beneficial thing. But if he's yes. not doing that, then don't. Right. Agreed. It's that simple. All right. That's our show. Check out oh, our website. Thank the Lord. Show. That was episode something of female dating strategy. Uh, I just checked. We have 39 episodes left before we catch up. That's so many episodes. But we put a nice little dent in it today. That's been the show. Thanks very much. Uh, I appreciate you all joining with me. Uh, If you're listening to this right now. On audio, appreciate you all. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash lowvaluemail, lowvaluemail.locals.com. You can buy a t-shirt, lowvaluemail.com. You know what it is. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. I have had enough time to go eat some Chinese food. More Chinese food. That's all I've eaten so far is Chinese food and White Claws. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Go drink one for me. I've I cannot go on any further, uh, but that was a fun, fun stream. All six fucking hours of it. Can't believe it. Shout out to Rusty Shackle for more or whatever who won 50 bucks. And I'll catch you all uh, Tuesday night on the last low value mail of the year. And we're going out the way we came in. Can you believe that low value mail has not existed outside of the year 2022? But we're going out the way we came in, uh, which is a bad advice episode. Merry Christmas, everybody. I will see you all Tuesday or some of you Tuesday. Um, And go check out Chad Turnup and Light Switch. I got the outro queued up, and that's his music. Merry Christmas, everybody. Good night. Nigga, that just means I'm working. They see me as a leader, so that's why I'm Captain Kirkin. These charts from the stars, that much is for certain. You can feel this hit if you up or if you hurt. I'm raising my stock, not talking my feet and some burkin. Number Johnny Five got a fucking short circuit. Bring the track to life when I spit phenomenal. When I hit, she feel that shit at her abdominals. These rappers make me laugh like comic view, they comic do. You know I got a ball out, I hit the track running just like Sonic do. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah.
shit. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. And they tried to down me up some KO type shit. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. Now we pulling up fresh on some flight shit. Ha. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. They was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. Now they tried to down me up some KO type shit. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah.